Let's yeah. dive in. <clears throat> Last session, you all ran a serious train on that door and wrecked it. <laughs> <laughs> Behind it, you discovered a teleportation circle currently being suppressed by the anti-magic tower. I'm just going to give you that. We didn't know that. I'm just going to give you that. No. Like you, I re-listened to that episode. I'm just going to give it to you. We had seen a teleportation circle. You'd seen a teleportation yeah. circle before, so I think it makes sense that you would recognize it. After this, you took the drow you captured to the city watch and returned home to find a number of needy folks waiting outside the hooting newt in the hopes Choppa would return soon to make soup. Yeah. Choppa obliged. Yeah. But not before you all went shopping. Choppa bought some diamonds. Rumble went. Rob, uh, Rumble met Avi, but not Emric, as well as Tally, the woodworker, where he put a crossbow on layaway. Chuck contacted Mika Pink, who has invited him to perform on 8 Uktar in the evening, which is the day following uh, when we will begin now. Uh, Yuri bought the components necessary for Find Familiar, which he cast, managing to manifest Freya in the form of a Twinga. After this, Choppa served up some soup and caught a young boy trying to slip some sort of clear liquid into the pot. This boy, when caught, pointed out two cloaked figures across the street who ran when they were pointed out, and a little chase ensued. Choppa managed to conk them out, and it was discovered they were the Lord and Lady Tolly, nobles. They both seemed rather gaunt and impassive and betrayed no sign that they knew what they were being stopped for or that they were guilty at all. Soon the city watch came, and in an attempt to catch them in a lie, Choppa cast Zone of Truth on the Tollies, and in doing so, broke the code legal of Waterdeep directly in front of a lieutenant of the city watch, for which he was promptly arrested and taken to jail. I mean, when you put it like that... (laughs) Rumble impersonated the boy soon after that, the one who tried to poison the soup, and he ran after the now-released Tollies and seemed to get a reaction from them that confirms they put him up to the crime, but alas, the watch did not see this transpire. A sample of the poison was taken to be tested. Chuck sought out the advice of Durnan on matters pertaining to the watch and learned that Durnan views him as a son and would be heartbroken if he ever went out and sang his songs at any other establishment. Uh, Chuck also... Oh, Durnan also said... (laughs) Durnan also said the party could pull on high-ranking city official friends they may or may not have to help Choppa, which you all did, by contacting Mert to see if he could pull some strings. Bang Bang made a trip down to Aguam, where they received a job to embarrass a local thug at the Sleeping Snake by beating him in a fistfight. The two then sparred, Aguam and Bang Bang, and Aguam hinted that some sweet martial arts techniques might be in Bang Bang's future. Uh, Finally, Rumble went out solo into the night to a place none of you know about or have been before. There he entered a Zentarim safe house, where he sent a message to someone named Velvet via flying snake, and bribed the Zent doing the sending to not tell anyone about it. We begin now in a cold, dark cell, 
Chapa. As you lie in prison, mulling over the various ways to prove your innocence and the Tali's guilt, sleep eventually comes for you. In your dreams, you find yourself sitting on a familiar balcony, overlooking the incoming tide as from above and behind your head, a light periodically spans the dark horizon. This lighthouse brings a comfort you've not felt for some time. A gentle salt breeze carries away a bank of clouds and you are bathed in the silver light of a waning half moon hanging high above you in the sky. A familiar voice says, what lies beneath the deepening moon? You look to your right and see Zoop, a tangled mop of hair obscuring his eyes, but not his soft bovine muzzle. He looks out across the sea as the moon glitters on the waves and hands you a steaming bowl. Careful, he says as you take the bowl, and you assume he means to mind the temperature of the soup, but as he looks down at you, you see two malevolent, smoldering eyes glowing beneath his tangle of hair. And when you look into the bowl, rather than stew, you see a swirling, inky darkness and you feel yourself falling forward, drawn inexorably into the void. You fall and fall and fall and all around you is smoke, filling your lungs, making it impossible to breathe. And you know there must be a bottom to this hole you've fallen into. It must be coming soon, soon, any moment. A match subtly alights in front of your face, and you're no longer falling, but are being tossed about a cramped cabin below decks of the flotilla. Lightning cracks from the unseen skies above. The match lights a lantern, and dim light reveals swaying hammocks, casks of water, sacks of grain, and the dripping face of Umberto, the sailor who first showed you the path towards she who guides, the moon maiden, Saloon. The seas are right wicked tonight, Master Chapa. Uh, see you say a word to our lady of silver. May she usher us through these waters. <clears throat> uh, I'll see. I'll, I'll send the message, as always. Her guidance will remain to be seen. Oh, good, good, Master Chapa. You seem troubled. It's... You're right. I... When I... Sit in communion with the Moon Maiden, I find... A, a pull, a new pull I do not recognize. It seems... An ill omen for this flotilla, for the comfort we have known these years. A change in the tide is coming, I can feel it. Aye, aye, there's much night ahead. But we look for the moon in the night. That silver light will show us towards morning, toward better days. That's right. All we can do is follow that current. To fight against it is folly itself. 
sense of camaraderie between you and Umberto gives you not so much a sense of calm, but a sense of inner strength in this otherwise tumbling, roiling sea. And as the two of you huddled around this lantern, share a few words of faith and comfort. Umberto looks up at you and you see that same smoldering light where his eyes should be. Master Chapa, when has Hammer ever fallen before the Feast of the Moon? I think Chapa, like, scoots back, like, he's taken aback by this. Answer me, boy! When? When has the... Umberto demands over and over again, when has Hammer fallen before the Feast of the Moon? A peal of lightning (laughs) sounds and a blinding light crashes down through the ship. You are swept away by the violent seas as the ship is split in half and watch Umberto pulled away too. And though you cannot hear his words above the roar of water and wind, you see his lips forming those same words. When has hammer fallen before the feast of the moon? A wave crashes over your head and you are pulled down into the weightless dark of the sea. And there is silence crushing cold silence and then cutting this silence <laughs> oh a servant of saloon is it come to pay me a visit and in front of you a beam of moonlight shines through the dark water illuminating a hulking goliath with alabaster white skin clad in the white and silver robes of Saloon's faithful, though they have been torn and stained with blood. He is restrained at each wrist and ankle by coils of shadow. His head hangs slack on his chest, across which, in sparkling silver ink, is a tattoo of seven stars encircling a pair of eyes. Emerging from the dark around him, you see shadowy forms, not human, not living, but surrounding. Once again, though you cannot see its source, that sinister voice. You and I shall have some fun. The rising of the dark shall be done. And the laugh begins again, resounding, echoing through the darkness. The Goliath begins to dissipate in a mist before you. You wait on your prison cot, drenched in cold sweat, or is it seawater? You're not sure what time it is, but you become aware of a sound, a voice. Oi, shut up in there! The hills. The voice is familiar. And then another familiar voice from a different cell. Leave the poor chap alone. He's had a rough night, can't you tell? How did you know my name? Make an insight check. He said the poor chap. You didn't hear your name. You didn't hear your name. Well, he said the poor chap alone. But the poor chap. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Roll the two. Six. You don't know where these voices are familiar from, but you've heard these voices before. Oh, God, my head. 
feels as if it's been bashed in. Oh, that's right, it's terrible. Hammer. Now shut up! Who are you? Where are we? Chopper knows where he is, but he's just trying to get. You're in jail, sweetheart. <sighs> Suppose I am. Who are you? You know who I am. I can't see them, right? No. You're in a single cell, and it looks out into a hallway. Across from you, there is another cell, which appears empty. It's not where this voice is coming from. You would guess this voice is coming from a cell to your right somewhere. Mm -hmm. The other voice was coming from a cell somewhere off to your left. Oh, well, sounds like they finally caught that bastard Dago Neverember thing. Is that you? (laughs) Wow. You must be really out of it, friend. Ah, there was... That was, that was a joke. You're probably, like, less important than them, though, right? God, I can't believe I have to explain this. Okay, um, here. Well, hi, everybody. I'm Chaha. Um, got in a fight with some nobles. Total bullshit. Totally innocent. You got in a fight with more nobles? Destroying more houses, I suppose. Oh, Yes, right. You must be... Well, we've... Um, which house was it? Uh, At this point, you start to piece things together. Yeah. This voice coming from your left is that of Orand Growlhund. Ah. But... Lord Orand Growlhund Villa. And last we knew... And to your right, you make out the sinister, snaky voice of Erstel Floxen. Last we knew, the guard had accepted the Grabland story, and they Make were Make a history fine. check. Also, just mm-hmm. I looked it up. Turtles can't sweat. <laughs> yeah, we definitely like try. All the more it. suspicious. Why he would be sweating? What did you say? Turtles can't sweat. Oh yeah, I was thinking that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually gonna. Ooh. And yet he's still covered in salty cold water. Um, D and D Beyond is having trouble loading, but I rolled an eighteen. So it's at least uh, 18. (laughs) As you come to more of your mental faculties return, and you remember that last you heard, the the Growlhoons were still under investigation by Barnabas Blastwind. Barnabas came to your home not long ago. At this point, on the night of Seven Uttar, this would have only been... Three days ago, he was in a bit of a holding position because he needed a search warrant to go into Grouton. Right. But you know that he was suspicious of the story that was given. Yes, and that was the guy who was working with... Seth Crom. Seth, yeah. Um, who was a uh, lieutenant of the City Watch. And he... Advise us to try to track down the At that time, yeah. He advised you to track down the nimble right and said that he would not, he would look the other way from a legal standpoint if you guys tried to pursue this somewhat extrajudicially. Yeah, he sort of worked outside the law. And since then, 
a lot has happened for you all in a very short period of time. But somewhere in those intervening three days, Erstel Floxen and Oren Grauhun managed to find their way into prison cells. So um, I think, so what I want to do is get them to reveal information yeah. um, that we don't currently know about their existing relationship and what went down between them um, and like the twin serpent we believe Ursul Floxen is connected to and um, so I think Chapa wants to try to ingratiate himself to them okay. um, and he's going to like play up that we were wronged or being attacked by some other noble house and that like I honestly I, I am sorry to hear that you're both here but having a chance to speak to you um, is most fortuitous it, I've been thinking and it seems like we judged you too quickly, and I apologize for that. I think we've all been caught up in the same maelstrom, orchestrated or aided along or grown by these people who resulted in me being in here, and there's just about nothing I wouldn't do to get the whole story. I'll be getting out of here. We'll be getting justice. Make two persuasion checks. And it was an 18 flat on the history. You can give them to me in whatever order you want. Okay. Is it one for each of them? One is for each of them. I know in my head what order that will apply to. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to do... I think like having... uh, I think Orend is probably less canny than Erstal. And also more I'm saying this, to you're going to make two persuasion yeah. checks. You don't know which persuasion check is going to land on which person. I have that order in my head. Gotcha. But you can give them to me in any order that you want. Um, I'll just roll two dice and tell you the number in a random order. Okay. Okay. There's going to be a 23. Okay. And a 25. Okay. Pop the chopper. As you as you say this, first of all, um, is this gonna load? So I think like at least Chapa's thought process is that like it's more likely to work on um, Kralhund because he's not quite as uh, much of a professional and also, like, maybe more susceptible to, like, having another noble house mm-hmm. be, like, the culprit and being willing to just jump on that, like, as a scapegoat. Um, your assumption isn't incorrect. Uh, but with a 23 and a 25, is that right? Yeah. You, uh, you, both of these people are, both of these men are, uh, very much willing to talk at this point. 
Awesome. Um, first, Orand sort of launches in by saying, uh, I think you're, you're dead right, my friend. The House Growlhound has been bankrolling the Black Network operations in Waterdeep, including the plot to kidnap Rainier Never Ember and the plot to steal the Storm of Glore from his father's spy, Dalekar. Do you, uh, do you egg this on? Absolutely. He's, he's like, no, that, that level of connection, most impressive. Even when I thought we were enemies, we were able to find no evidence of this. How far does this go? Well, my wife was frustrated. My wife. <laughs> my wife. My wife. <laughs> My wife was frustrated with the sense and their inability to secure this artifact. So she gave a, a necklace of fireballs to her mechanical servant and sent it out to help retrieve the stone. It was careless and caught the sense in the fireball by mistake. And at this, you start to heal, hear Erstal in the cell opposite just start to laugh a little bit to himself. And uh, Orand, hearing this, gets a little bit perturbed and is like, what do you have to laugh about? You've positively ruined my life in just but a short amount of days, Mr. Floxen. And Erstal just sort of continues chuckling to himself. You say anything? Uh, uh, I do think that, like, being able to also turn them sell, turn them against each other a little bit, or play that up, is definitely to Chapa's advantage. Sure. Um, to get them talking, you know, well, he did this, well, he did this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Chapa is like, uh, it did seem to have caused quite the disruption, and from the way you tell things, uh, a real, un, a real awful situation you were put in. I mean, what would anybody expect another reasonable person to do in that situation? I mean, really. Uh, and I didn't it have seems much of like to do with it. It's it was mostly Yala saying that she was uh, uh, saw an opportunity for the house to advance. Uh. Yes, uh, reckless ambition and put in the hands of one who, well, from how things played out, didn't seem quite so You do wise to keep yourself from calling my wife reckless. She is ambitious, but she has, has our family's best interests at heart. Let us say driven, then. Were we not thrown into the same lot as these criminals, I doubt she would have had to resort to such desperate measures. They say... And at this, you hear Erstal from the cell opposite yours. My... (laughs) Your wife is playing you for a fool. And there's silence from Orin's cell for a moment. Before he says, 
<laughs> you're just you're just trying to turn me against her. But she'll come. She's she's going to come and she'll help me get out of this. And you'll be the one left to rot in a prison cell or die by hard labor or be exiled. Mm. Though I could see the advantage of well, you said your wife was ambitious. If consolidating power is part of that plan, then, well, it's a dangerous accusation for Mr. Floxen to make without any evidence or supporting information. I've got evidence. It, I'm just saying it seems awful convenient. Lord Growlund, were you aware that your wife has a lover? <gasps> <laughs> that wasn't like trying to, that was a genuine gasp on my part. What? And Orin is like, yeah. Orin from his yeah, I is like, I don't, what are you talking? <laughs> you're lying. <laughs> you're, you're lying. You're lying. Can I make an insight check on Erstal? Yeah. Is Erstal a lover? Yeah, it's 20. <gasps> 26. Wow. There's no quaver in Erstal's voice, no hesitation. If anything, there is a suppressed sense of glee as he begins to say, Yeah, mate. She met him down by the docks. I had men on her day and night. I was slipping into a bit of an Australian accent. <laughs> Spent a little bit of time in the Feywild. Day and night. And, um, yeah, she was going down to the docks where she was seen boarding one of two ships, the Hellraiser or the Halfbreaker. Although my men never saw who she was with, I can confirm that she was going there regularly. And she was also seen taking a ship, a ferry, a small boat, dinghy, you know, out into deep water harbor. Uh, out into the harbor. Chopper thinks back to being told about the, about Big Belchy. And the drow making their way off into the harbor, as at well this, as what we know about the dragon. At this, Orin uh, sort of snuffs up and says, "What? That's that's simply because she had been she had expressed an interest in purchasing a second home in Luskin, and I'm sure that she was just speaking with with ship captains and the like about maybe taking a trip up there to look at real estate." Tell yourself whatever you need to get to sleep at night. Damn. Damn. That does, you know, it, it sounds like he's telling the truth to me. Um, Bad luck, buddy. I wonder where in the harbor she could have been going. Uh, do you know the... Was the the ship names you said the Heartbreaker, the Hellraiser? Well, it sounds like whichever one she went to, she was doing both. If you take my drift, but if I had to guess, she was going 
to either of those ships because they were owned by the same person. Hmm. Who owns a third ship anchored out in deep water? Yes, and then the ferry from there. That does make sense. My men never went out into the harbor. Harbor. Really losing my accents. But I can confirm that she was seen going there several times a week. I have a team on the outside. It's a hear Orin start to snivel from the jail cell next year. Liar. Y'all wouldn't do that. Y'all wouldn't do that. Uh, Chopper thinks maybe it's time to uh, turn the conversation away from the adulterous wife. Um, Although that's very interesting given what we know about Deepwater Harbor and what else we have to do there. Um, But I don't want to give that information to them. So, um, wait, wait, wait. You said you were funding the Black Network within um, within the city. Black, it, the Black Network is another name for the center. Yeah. yeah. Um, what? From an outsider's point of view, it seems something strange has been afoot lately. Uh, atypical activity. It's the top of the city. What is causing this? I have my pet theory, but tell me what happened. Look, mate. If you've come this far and you went into that house, you know as well as I know, as well as Lord Groudhoon knows, everyone's after the same thing. The Stone of Galore. I've heard of it, yes. That's what stirred up the city. That's what stirred up the Zents. That's what stirred up the Xanathars against them. It does... It does seem to be the simplest explanation, but... Um, what of the, the Twin Serpent? What of the Twin Serpent? Who are they, really? It's of no concern to you. Look. I've no ill will against... You killed some of us, mate. Look, business is business. You might not have ill will against us, but I've got some ill will against you. Oh. Oh, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um... What I'm saying is that your supposed secret network of information and intrigue has been pretty fucking ineffective so far. Getting in gang battles and bloodying up the streets instead of doing things sensibly. I'm saying you can see this. Why can't the people at the top of your organization see this? And why are they still in charge? I just don't understand. Make an intimidation check. 
I'm intimidated. Yes, rolling. Rocks. Today. Hell yeah. Um. 17. There's a conspicuous silence for a few seconds from Erstel's cell before you hear him say, you don't know as much as you think, Turtle Man. Ha, Turtle Man. Um, I know there's some sort of divide that Boxer, Mookie Plush, the halfling, she is part of the Centaurum, and she's publicly feuding with the the Star Song, Davil Star Song, and his half orc bodyguard. Now, you can keep quiet or whatever honor amongst thieves you pretend to have, but I'll tell you this your organization is not organized. And. Friend, I'm just looking out for you. As far as I'm concerned, in here, it's all separate. A time to talk, evaluate, think things over. Ursula doesn't say anything more. Do you have anything else that you want to ask of Ursula or Orand? Probably. Um, I guess not unless Orin had any, like, info on those other things I was saying to Erstal about, like, the Twin Serpent, or... At this point, Orin seemed... You you kind of... Pressing Orin a bit more, he just seems a little bit rocked by the revelation that his wife might have double-crossed him. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that he he kind of through through uh through tears tells you a bit more of the story of what happened after um after you all left the house. Yeah, like what happened with Fenris. He gives the story that um after the uh after the guard gained access They turned Erstel over to the City Watch. And he and Yala came up with a story that their house guard had gone out into the city, discovered Erstel, brought him back, and turned him over. Because at the time, the story they gave was that Erstel had fled. Mm. And before the city managed to get their search warrant, Yala took the kids and left the house, and she told Orin that she was going to her family in the countryside. When the guard eventually did enter the house, Orin collapsed very quickly under questioning, as he has just done to you. (laughs) And it was also confirmed that Yala did not indeed leave the city, because there's no record of her record of her leaving through any of the official gates of the city. So if she did leave, she left unofficially, um, which is strange behavior of a noble. Um, but the city watch don't believe that she has left. 
which also brings into question where are their children. Yes, it does. Orrand himself was arrested and charged with hampering justice and the attempted blackmail of an, of an official, which he ashamedly admits he tried to do when the guard broke in and it became pretty clear that they were going to nail him. Uh, these charges mean that he has to pay up to 1,200 gold to the city Whoa. and perform tw- a, 10 day, a 10 day of hard labor before being exiled this from Waterdeep. Well, wow. Orend or Erstal? This is Orend. You also find that Erstal uh, was charged with disturbing the peace, hampering justice, blackmailing a noble, and the murder of several citizens without justification. These charges carry with them a pretty hefty gold fine, hard labor for five years, and exile from the city pretty much for life. If not death. But neither of them have been tried in court yet, so these charges are not final. Erstal has not been cooperating with the city watch. Orin, for his part, has, but he lacks information. So he is only useful to a point. And you get the sense Orin's a pretty uh, golden retriever type person. He's easy to lead along and does not suss out when he is being uh, double-crossed or played. A real Mr. Peanut Butter of a man. You could say that. Um... So, that gives Chapa an uh, interesting thought um, in terms of their, the punishments they've got coming. And he, he says to Erstal, Look, Floxen, uh, I... We don't have to like each other. But here's the truth. I've got connections. And before you laugh... Just know that my friends now are meeting with a masked lord. I'll be getting out of here and speaking to those who have influence. Now, we can part uh, acrimoniously and as enemies, or we can make a deal that might benefit both of us. Now, you tell me what you know, what you haven't told the city guard. And I'll do everything within my power to ameliorate your punishment to whatever degree possible. But I think avoiding the death penalty would be a nice start, don't you? Erstal, in the face of these charges levied against him, you read as being remarkably calm and... He responds to what you just said by saying, let's just say I might have some friends outside of here too. I'm not so worried about how long I'm going to be here either. The last one out is a rotten egg. <laughs> Orin, on the other hand, is like, um... Can one of you help me get out of here, <laughs> perhaps? Oh, um, of course. I'll do everything within my power because you've already been so helpful. Um, 
Can I make hey, a deception check you. just for the hell of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. You have no intention of... 21. Yeah. Oh my god, you're a Warren believes you, yeah. I'm giving you everything you deserve from a 23 and a 25 at the beginning of this. You, yeah. You you manage to get everything you want out of these guys, but it seems like at a certain point, That's what there's information yeah. Ursul simply isn't willing to or is unable to give up. You're not sure. Mm-hmm. Orand is an open book and has given you everything that he Yeah, can. it seems like it. Um, cool. I think... That's good for now, but if Chapa has a chance to like try to intimidate Ursul at a different point when he might, I think at this point, have a upper hand on him. I think at this point you played that hand, yeah, and you did manage to intimidate him. You managed to cow him right. a little bit, yeah, which is uh, quite something. And uh, had you not done that, you may not have found out as mm-hmm. much as you did, Fair but. Right. Unless there's, a, assuming there's nothing else specifically that you wanted to address. Chapa goes back to doing his um, Uncle Iroh push-ups. <laughs> yeah. His, uh, so that when yeah, he comes it back, it's just going to be like six-pack. With that, we go back to Troll Skull Manor, where the rest of the party, you are all home at this point. It is late. Mm. You've all carried out your various uh, little tasks for the evening. Bonnie is home. Ooh. Rumble, you just got back from sending your message. Uh, <laughs> bang, bang, you are also back from Ogwan. Uh, you can all now choose to go out and do something with the night, or you can take a long rest and we'll pick up in the morning. Up to you. I think I want to take a long rest because I'm out of some stuff. On, but all right. Yeah, I depleted one. So. All right. So everyone smash that long rest button as well as you, Choppa. Although you're um, you're not sure what time of night your sleep was interrupted, but um, you will get a full long rest. Got nothing but time. So the morning comes. It is gray skies again. With uh, this time, it is though it is not snowing. There is a sort of persistent rain. And uh, you all wake to a very raw, damp, troll skull manner. What would you like to do with your day? Okay. So, we have some strategies. I'm gonna eat some breakfast. I'm gonna eat some breakfast. But nothing that's especially delicious and failing like Chapa's breakfast. No. No. Oh, this is so sad and cold. I. Yeah, you're eating like barely rehydrated oats. Ugh. Although I just want to say Stay one quick flashback to the jail. Chapa can the only magic magic he can do is making his fancy breakfasts in the morning. So I make one out of whatever the food they give me, and then also slide a little bit over to hmm. Orange Growlhund and like try to make it work. Make a it. make a dexterity check. Oh, Chapa's specialty. <laughs> this is you trying to slide some down to him. Twelve. You uh, you slide it, and uh, you you were given like a pretty thin gruel that you managed to <laughs> pump up into a somewhat appealing soup. And uh, as you try to slide some down to Orin, like half of it sloshes out, but it comes to a sort of spiraling stop in front of his uh, cell, and you see his arm reach out and through a somewhat like stuffy. You you've heard him sniveling all night long. 
uh, voice and said, thank you. <laughs> um, and the reason I was rolling so good during that whole scene is because I've been using Amanda's green metal dice, which Ooh. were bought by me as a present for Amanda for the character Zoop at the start of that flashback. Oh, wow. Which was originally Amanda's player character. Whoa. So thank you for these blessed Zoop dice. That's pretty cool. Very fun. Yeah. Zoop. That's... Zoop or Zoop? Zoop. Like soup yep. or Z. Perfect. Z-P. I love that. <laughs> the morning is yours. Yes. What would you like to do? Okay. Um... I would like to ask Jack a question very quickly. Yeah. I can't remember if I changed my HP or not, because 21 feels really low for level 5. For a wizard, it's not the craziest. I do remember you being up... I think you're at 27. I rolled a 6 last time. Yeah, I think you should be at 27. So I should have gone up 6 points. And I'm gonna I'm gonna adjust it for you now. There's a chance that it just didn't. No, I... What's your constitution bonus? Constitution is... Plus one. But it's just, I feel like if I was supposed to go up six points, that would have meant that I was really low before I leveled up. Like I think, uh, I think, I remember you reload saying, your, reload your sheet and you should be okay. I think I remember you saying, five would be I remember tw- the number 27 is in my head. I think that's where you should be. We'll move on from here. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to, if it was like 26 or whatever, like. Congratulations, you get one extra hit point. <laughs> I just um, thought that 21 That's was like in Monopoly yeah. when it's like bank error in your favor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. Exactly. This makes me feel a lot better. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, does anyone have something they want to start with, or how do you want to approach this? Um, it seems like maybe the internet is down. Really? Yeah. Really? Mine's fine. I'm fine. Okay. Let's gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss, Amanda. <laughs> oh, yeah, that does say no internet connection. Yeah, I'm not gaslighting that. That is weird. <laughs> um, are we out? It's working for me. What network are you on? The astral plane. And okay. it was working before, and it just stopped. It just stopped? And I just want to say, if we cast see invisibility, then you can see into the astral plane, and you can diagnose mm-hmm. Wi-Fi issues. Have you already tried... I will try the old turn, turn off. Turn off and back I yeah, I'm not sure. Um, if it's working for everyone else, I don't want to shut it off and try yeah, yeah. and reload it. Um, I can definitely help for the time being with like character sheet things if that is is useful. Um, do you have a, a phone with you? Yes. Yes. It's not ideal, but you can at least pull up a character sheet on there for the time being. Pictures of part of it, so. um, but yeah, there is a chance that maybe things are just spread a little bit, and the tower itself is just in this room, so we aren't that far from it. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no worries. It's hard to hard to play when we're so reliant on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, um, all right. I think something we discussed. Um, I'm more than happy to be the person to do this because I've already talked to this person, but go to Trench. Oh, true, yeah. Trench, I think. It's in Trench, the, the tiger investigator. Vinny T. I'd be happy to go with you. I've talked to him about finding my parents before. Right. So he knows me. Also, we could let what? Barnabas know. That's what I, I was thinking. So. You've got a lot of people you can reach out to. You've got, a, like I said, you've got a lot of pots on the stove, as it were. So, 
there's a, you could uh, you could try to directly investigate um, the Tollies right now. Yeah. You could try to really put a lot of weight into getting Chaba out. You could sort of split your time between these. You could also just say, "Fuck it, let's try to focus on some of our other objectives right now and worry about Chapa soon." Um, it is the eighth of Uktar. Oh, I know. I want to say also that I like absolutely do not expect everybody to devote all of their game time to like getting me out of jail. So, like, definitely feel free to. You also have reached out to Mert. Yeah. Mert said that he does intend to help. Yeah, he said he's gonna. So there is there is that actively happening in the background. You're not sure what it's going to amount to, but I just want to remind you all because it's been a week. Thank you. Um, Can we maybe try to get a boat booked for sometime soon to investigate the dragon? Yeah. Or like try to find out around the docks, like if anybody's noticed anything weird in the harbor. But maybe somebody better at talking to people than Bang Bang. (laughs) Talk to Bang. Hello. (laughs) Um, Sorry. Going to get a boat to the harbor? Or, like, just ask around to see no. if anybody has noticed. You don't know this stuff. information yet, by the way. You don't know what Chapa knows in prison. Yeah, they're talking about the dragon. The dragon. I, yeah, I'm just, yeah. as a reminder, I know that there was some, right. some harbor lore that was released. Oh, no, we're not looking for the right. sex harbor. We're looking for the dragon harbor. Sex harbor. <laughs> sex harbor. I'm looking for the sex I'm harbor. I'm looking for the sex harbor. <laughs> Do um, we trust that Mert is going to be able to like single-handedly dock with Chapo? I, I, well, for that reason, he knows people. He knows people. Uh, for that reason, I, I was thinking of um, employing this is Chop speaking in character. Um, uh, I, I think for that reason, it makes sense to have Trench, Vincent Trench, try to locate the child, the the street urchin's child, just as. Uh, have a little evidence against the uh, the Tollies, but I feel like he will be better at snooping and investigating than any of us would. That's true. He could perhaps uh, dig up some dirt on the Tollies as well. And also dig up some dirt. dirt. So we could employ him while we take care of business? I mean, employ him. We can go off, either find the dragon, bang bang has uh, that side quest you told us about, I do need to beat up a mean person. Argon, yes. <laughs> I have a performance tonight at the Widow's Walk. Can't lie. Please invite your friends, my friends. You're all my friends. These are all friends of you. Thank you so You're fine. Julia. All right. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if we now, in the morning, mm. get Vincent on the scent. I agree. We can go do some things. If we can get some balls rolling on the Tullys, then we can get some leverage for our friend Chapa here to get out of jail. Exactly. So should we all go, or... He's, I will be honest, he's the very quiet type. Vincent Trench. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Vincent Trench is on our list of people who might actually be a demon. Oh! So just keep that in mind. Yeah. I seem to remember Chopper once told me that Vincent Trench. 
had some... Might be a demon. Might be a demon. Approximately 15% chance that he's a fiend of some sort. There was like a group of people, and one of the five or six of them was detected. And we don't know what that means about them. But Chapa picked up. Could it just mean that they're like their race is a tiefling? I don't know. I think it has to be more specific than that, based on my understanding of the spell. A friend in need is detect good and evil. Yes, detect good and evil reveals the presence of celestials, demons, devils, and you get a sense that like if those presences are revealed, it's a confirmation that it is good or evil. Got it. It, it. You did give us the information that specifically it was a fiend. Yes. That I detected, mm-hmm. which would fall into the evil category. Got it. Got it. Either way, we can still use. For sure. Okay. So I'm going to go to the tiger's eye. I'll chuckle, Barry, before you go. Mm. Uh, it's performance day, and uh, I have a gift for you. Oh. I, I want you to meet uh, Freya's uh, new form. Oh, you are creepy, <laughs> aren't you? And Freya slowly climbs up Chuck's arm. Oh, and whoa. Boops him on the nose. Oh, it makes noise now. <laughs> so, so Freya now talks by sounding like a bunch of dice rats together. <laughs> yes. Oh. And she blesses Chuck with charm of the heroic moment. The Twinga touches one creature and allows it to glimpse its future. The creature rolls a d20 and reports so the number. Roll a d20. Don't add anything to it. Just roll that, write Got that it. number down. And before the next on... Um, you or a creature that you can see within your sight, uh, line of sight, when they roll attack roll, saving throw, ability check, you can use that roll instead of whatever I roll. Do they, does the you can impose this on yeah, something that you yeah. can see, Ooh. or you can use it for yourself. Also, it makes someone else re-roll, or you re-roll. So like if you roll a one, that'd be super good, because yeah. you could make like, someone else. somebody fail a saving throw. Yeah. What is it? Charm of the heroic. Charm of the heroic moment. Marlon. Moment, yeah. Moment, moment. Okay. Moy joy, joy, joy. Moy joy, joy, joy. Okay. Whoa! Thank you, Freya. You creepy little creature. (laughs) So you have this sense. It's a strange feeling that rushes through you, where you see your future, but because there's a sort of. physical impossibility about this Mm -hmm. you get the sense of possibility Mm. but you cannot see that moment you just know that like something is bound to happen awesome that's such a cool ability that's awesome thank you it seems like a super helpful but not like crazy it's based off of the divination wizard's portent ability there's a slightly watered down version of that. Mm. It's a pretty great boon to get, but it is limited to the fact that um, you only get one. And there are several other charms. Do you want to read the other charms just yeah. for fun so other people know what you can kind of give out? So that one is one. Charm of the Quickening Hour. The Twinga touches one creature and grants it a selective hyper focus. Before the next dawn, when the creature is engaged in an intellectual pursuit, Reading, transcribing, learning a language, they may treat one hour of dedicated study as though it were four. 
Whoa, sick. So, so Freya now has the ability to give somebody ADHD. The Adderall spell. That is what it is. Charm of the Fallen Leaf. The twin that touches one creature infuse it with the aspect of a leaf. Before the next dawn, a creature may cast Featherfall on themselves without verbal or material components. That'd be good for your performance. The, the limitation there is that they have to use it on themselves. Got you. They can't. So it yeah, you, it's not like somebody gets the ability to cast Featherfall mm-hmm. indefinitely. It's like a one-time use, and it has to be used on themselves. It can be a leaf, but still, that's awesome. Great for a stage mm-hmm. dive, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Or doing something dangerous with heights, like Rumble's a very good climber, and so just like, True. oh, try to climb that skyscraper. But here, if you fall off, you'll be okay. And then True. just have at it. Too bad we can not give that to, to Julian when he jumped off. <laughs> that would have been perfect. Perfect for sneak attacks jumping off roofs. The way these charms work is that Freya can give one charm only per day to one person, and it wears off at the next dawn. Awesome story. Cool. That's really cool. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Oh, well. Go on to Vincent. Go on to Vincent. So you arrive at the Tiger's Eye, which again is a sort of um, nice row house with a sign hanging in front of it, a somewhat modest sign of a feline eye on a black and orange field. You go to the door. You notice that, as is customary when you've been to the Tiger's Eye, the blinds are drawn in the Mm -hmm. house and you knock Mm -hmm. and there's a moment and just when you're about to you know think maybe it's too early maybe Vincent's not home Mm -hmm. you hear a voice from the other side who's there uh Mr. Trench yeah uh I have a job for you it's Chuckleberry Finn of of Troll Skull Manor You see just a sliver of Vincent Trench's face as his eye looks up and down the street. What do you hear? What do you say? <laughs> um, my, my, one of our party members has been placed in jail, and we are hoping to get some information on those that put him there as a way to help him get out. You got the coin to pay for this job? I believe so. The door opens more wide, and he sort of looks out and ushers you in, yeah. looking up and down the street. Come in, come in. Okay. Close the door. As he's closing the door, he's like already somehow pulled out a cigarette. I'm just always going to throw NPCs at you that are smoking. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, he lights up. This is a very... You, you find yourself in an entrance hall, and uh, as he lights this cigarette and walks by you uh, languidly, smoke trailing behind him. He says, follow me, Mr. Finn. Cozy. (laughs) Thank you. It's very dimly lit. There's a lot of dark woods. Mm. You also see that there's, uh, like on some end tables, uh, decorations from far-flung lands. It seems like this Vincent Trench has acquired a lot of objet and curios that he puts on display. Mm. Some, like, fertility statues and the like. But he leads you to a uh, an office which has two high-backed red velvet 
uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Chairs. Chairs, but uh, not embroidered, but um, upholstered. upholstered. There we go. Uh, upholstered chairs facing a long, wide desk that is just a mess with papers and uh, like candles that have burned down to nothing and cups. And there's a wide set of windows behind this that the blinds are currently drawn on. And he wheels around behind the desk, sits down, puts two feet up on his desk, and is just smoking. How can I help you, Mr. Finn? I'm just imagining, like, a noir film. Guy. That is very much the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> she had legs that last for days. She walked into the office. <laughs> um, she had legs that went all the way to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. Uh, Mr. Trench, what do you know of the family Tully? Textile traders. Yes. Noble family. Yes. Ashes directly onto his carpet. Great. Wow. Not much beyond that. They live in the North Ward, of course. I've checked them out. Just to make sure there was nothing suspicious. Yes. Have you you haven't found anything suspicious of, on them? Well, I may have, but it may cost you. Well, you see, they have framed, or not so framed, but have tried to commit a crime against our party members, but got away with it instead of them. Having to pay, our party member has had to pay with jail time. And we're hoping to find some info, some dirt, maybe connect them with nefarious business. A fly in the soup, if you will. Exactly. Well, it was honestly poison in the soup, is what they tried to commit. Interesting. Poison, you say? Do you know what type of poison? It was. Not confirmed yet. Not confirmed, but it was poison. It was clear and it smelled like poison. It was clear and it smelled like poison. Do you have gold on you now? I do have gold. How much will it cost? Put a deposit of 25 on the table and we'll talk. I do so. As you lay the gold down, he scoops it, he opens a drawer and just like piles it into the drawer, slams it shut, stands up and starts to pace back and forth across the room. I looked into the tallies not long ago. Your friend, Yuri, came to me, intimated he might be interested in chasing down some leads across the city. I took the liberty of going ahead, starting to suss some things out. The tallies, they had a child. Goes by the name of Bogren. Went missing. Three, ten days ago. The Tallies have been inconsolable after the loss of their child. They've stopped appearing in public. The textile depot that they operate in the trades ward, largely unattended, although they did place an order. An order for a number of black robes embossed with a purple circle. That's what they were wearing. That's what they were wearing when I saw them. What does the circle mean? Interesting. Do you know? 
Three I haven't days. made that connection yet. It would be a day at the library for me that I haven't had a time to find. But, in addition to this order of robes, they ordered several tapestries. Same theme. Black, with a purple circle on it. Fascinating. Quite fascinating. Well, let me tell you exactly what happened and see if it connects with you. I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. Choppa was standing outside. He's our tortoise friend. With a cauldron of soup. He makes soup for the needy. I'm aware. Oh, you of course. You have eyes everywhere, don't you? Anyways, a young child, a young street urchin, tried pouring something into the soup. Choppa luckily caught it in the ladle. And when questioning the child, he pointed at Lord and Lady Tolly and said, They put me out to it! But they ran away. We chased. Choppa charmed them, bound them, tried to take them back to the manor. City Watch got involved. Choppa may or may not have cast out a truth on them. Uh, whatever, in front of a City Watch, he got arrested for that. But the Tollies got away. And as much as we tried to question them, they did not admit to the crime. And another party member impersonated the young child, who also got away, impersonated the young child, and heard the Tollies say to him that he had hired the young child. They had hired the young child. So, they have admitted to the crime, but will not come forward and have gotten away with it. And why they are an admission trying to point... Kind, but not an admission only. Not a legal admission. No. But why they have... Well, they are trying to poison us, we still cannot figure out. Have you done anything to upset this family of late? I, I don't believe so. I mean, we have been dabbling in some See, Vincent at this point takes out a second cigarette, lights it with the yeah, first, and is now just sort of smoking two oh, cigarettes. He really is. <laughs> I mean, we have been. And at the same time, you can see the bags under his eyes. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like. It's got remarkably smooth skin. He's got the salt and pepper hair of a man in his middle ages. Is he human? He's human. Uh, he. Um, yeah. Speaks very concisely, as you've already gleaned, and wears a very sharp suit, human, uh, salt and pepper hair that's been slicked back. Uh, he, of course, has a fedora, which at this point is hanging from a, uh, uh, a hat post next to his desk. Mm-hmm. But um, you get the sense when he steps out, he puts it on. Um but as I was saying, he, even though it seems he's getting on in years, his skin is not yet wrinkled. His, uh, he, he looks remarkably fit for a man in his 40s or 50s. Mm. Interesting. So, Mr. Trench, here is my ask of you. We know that the Tollies have at least tried to commit a crime against our household. 
and I doubt that they would ever go forward and admit this to the City Watch. But what we need is some hard evidence as blackmail. We can go to them, use it as leverage to help them, to have them help us in getting Trapa out of prison. You know, saying, oh, it wasn't that bad. We, as the Tollies, the, the quote, victims, will allow him out. But we just need some, something tangible evidence. The way I see it, you have two options. One, you find the kid. The kid that got away. Or the kid that got away. You find that kid, you get him to talk, you get him to sing. You might be able to nail these tallies. But the word of a street urchin is never going to carry much weight against the house of a noble family. So you may need to go after the tallies themselves. Would you be willing to do that for us? I would pay. I've carried out as much of an investigation into the Tollies as I'm willing to. I have my own interests that I need to look after. It would be a significant amount of gold I would ask for to further investigate the Tollies. What about the child? The child I can help with. Finding a street urchin. Yes. You will head out into the city to locate this boy and have him by sundown. Um, I tell him a brief description of the child. That'll be helpful. I tell him. Did you see him with anyone? Other kids? Did he have a crew? No, he was alone. Alone. Um, can you do like a super quick synopsis of the information that was received from Vincent because most of it was. You, when, when did the when did the recording stop? Um, had, oh. had Chuck arrived at? Oh Vincent yeah, they were had oh. started talking but hadn't gotten to the bulk of the. So, Chuck visits Vincent Trench. During their conversation, Vincent Trench reveals that he had already investigated House Tolly to a limited degree because he had started looking into a few leads that Yuri had fed to him regarding uh, missing children in the city. And he discovered that the Tollies did indeed have a child who went missing three ten days ago, about, give or take. And that since then, they have been making very few public appearances. They've sort of let their business uh, obligations go. They've also use their business, which is a textiles trading company, to uh, make an order for several black robes with purple circles on the back, as well as several tapestries of the same theme. Black field, purple circle. I thought they were only stealing elven children, but it seems like they're just stealing kids. It might not be the same people, but the same child numbers. Go up, you could go ask um, but. Squidly, Jenks, and Matt about Squidly missing kids and or that specific kid that you're looking for. I forgot about those kids. Yeah, they're great. Good kids, good kids. Bring them some, a new apple cart. True. Okay. Um...
You can see yourself. Oh, dear. And you see he just goes deep in thought as you walk out of the house. Winston tries to private eye. Cigarette in each hand. <laughs> yeah. And then two lit ones behind each ear. <laughs> just smoking out of all orifices. Okay. Great. Okay. I go back and I relay everything that just happened and everything that they told, he told me. Yeah. To the party. So... What are the purple circle robes for? Mm-hmm. He said he didn't know. This sounds like perhaps Vitaly's child was the, taken by the same captor who took me from our family. You think so? Is anyone here uh, skilled in religion? Mm-hmm. Um, proficient or skilled? Proficient. I'm half proficient. I'm a good <laughs> well, this is the third goal. Uh, proficient. If you are proficient, fully proficient in religion, you can make a religion check. Was the purple but. circle not their house sigil? That I thought, I thought you mentioned that, that last, last session. Last session I mentioned that they were wearing black robes with a purple circle on them. But it has not been confirmed or denied that the that is their house sigil. But didn't I, I? I did ask what it meant, and he said, "I don't know. I have to go do library research." Yeah, so you can yeah, you yeah. put two and two together. It's probably not their house sigil. Because you would probably know if it was. If you stopped me there, kind of yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just not going to give you like as detailed an answer as like, well, they actually changed the house sigil. It used to be this, and now it's this. Yeah, right, right. You know, there's a lot of things that could be. You get the sense, though, that uh, it is... Make an insight check. 13. Yeah, you get the sense that it's probably not their house sigil. And I, to Rumble, say, you know, Rumble... Uh, Mr. Trench suggested that we stalk the Tallies. They go for a nightly walk to, to see where they go. He didn't, he didn't suggest anything. Sorry, I want to be a fine. little... He said that he would not investigate them further without a considerable amount more gold. He didn't right. give you that quote. Right. Um, but because it's dangerous to look into a noble family, especially given the circumstances. Um, But he did give you their address and gave you information on, like, some of their habits. Okay. okay. So that if you wanted to carry out an investigation of your own, you could. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Having a few lords sneaking around in the dark and concealing their identity seems uh, suspect. uh, Pretty sussy baka. The... Quite frankly, the, the purple, purple circle is a little, a little, a little cultish, if you ask me. Mm. Um, I'd be happy to investigate these two and see what they're up to in the streets at night. It's quite peculiar. I wonder if it could be Manchun. Manchun, the original Zent. Perhaps. Does anyone yes. here know the OZ? The original Zent. Does, I would it, probably know about Zent or history or just like general knowledge related to. But yeah, yeah. Does anyone have the reli- the religion provisions that Jack asks? asks you can about? make a history make a history check for um, if there's any talk within the Zents that rhymes with this. What, what, history check? History. Uh, that's a 13. 
there's a lot. I mean, the colors of the Zents are black. Right. The Zents the, wear the money black. colors of Zents are black. Um, black and purple, black and a purple circle. Uh, does not ring any particular bells. You don't have any reason to believe that this is like directly related to Zent activity. Sure. And I'm going to go to the bathroom, but when I come back, y'all let me know what you want to do as your next step. Are you going to go after the Tollies? Are you going to go to the harbor? Do you have something else in mind? Great questions. You gotta make sure to get to your gig. That's not till late. Midnight, but yes, thank you. Still morning. It's still morning. Um, I wonder how the disappearance of this other kid has to do with their strange activity. Maybe it was a setup. Maybe they disappeared their own kid. And also, what wouldn't they do if you were able to return their child? And what is the what is the connection to poisoning soup and their missing child? And it was shade behavior. But if there's something, are trying to avoid deep gentrification. Perhaps they're trying to lower property values. No, I think they want to. Oh, gentrify. They, they want to gentrify the area. They want to keep it gentr- gentrified. Mm-hmm. Like, we're drawing mm-hmm. I see. less working folks to right their area when previously it had been mostly just richie people around. Richie people. But that's the thing. Choppa's vision for this, the Hooting New is going to be really good food. It's just that anybody can have it. But you're going to want to come Sliding scale. Yeah, I think they might just be classes. Maybe they just hated the yeah, the the poor people at the studio. That ma- this Maybe. makes me feel less and less regretful about it feels like going the to jail for assaulting explanation at least. We could <laughs> capture them. I could impersonate them. <laughs> we could impersonate them. Yeah, we could impersonate them and go to the We <laughs> the Tollies <laughs> Command you to release Choppa. Again, that would be so I think we ended last session by reviewing what the penalties for impersonating oh, a noble was. Uh, just straight that. death. Straight yeah. death. Right, because Bonnie was trying to be like, let's just go there now, and was insinuating that she could shape that. She's so reckless. Oh, bon- Bonnie. Oh, Bonnie. Um, I had a question about... So, what would you like to do? Where would you like to go? <laughs> oh, we didn't get that far. We just... Um, we were processing. Um... I do want to go... You can also like weigh, take some time to weigh your options and talk. So there's trailing the t- Tullies, which presumably is going to happen at night. Also, Chuck's show yeah. happening at night. In the daytime, what is it that... Um, I think we, we really need to get somebody on re- replacing the windows I was before our that. home collapses around us. It's a good call. It's a good call. You go to the Carpenter's Guild? Yeah, take some money right. out of the chimney. Make it down payment. I figured maybe Bang Bang would spend some time just boarding things up in the meantime. Nice. But yeah, but Chuck, if you wanna take the party loot and do that, that's what it's for. Yeah, I was There's always money in the bathroom chimney, as we say amongst our party. How much clear can it be when there's always money in the banana stand? No touching! 
Yeah. I just love that my bathroom has a chimney and a fireplace. Pretty sick. Um, yeah, would I go to the Carpenter's Guild for that? Yeah. Is there a Glazier's Guild? Back when you all were more focused on home renovations. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what was it? The, uh, no, we did plumbers and sellers. Mm-hmm. The plumber and sellers guild rep who came out to you said that you would need to. I'm just trying to remember that guy's name. Didn't, yeah, wasn't somebody already scheduled Chad? to do Chad? Chad, that's right. Chad Nick. I thought that was the plumber and seller guy. It is. Okay. I'm just, I'm going through this in my head. He said that you would need to have them come out. He did not, doesn't work for the, for the Carpenters Guild. Right. But um, you can very much reach out. And because we've already role-played a whole guild interaction like that, several of them, in fact, I'm not going to make you do that again. In the interest of time, I can, I'll say that you can spend half of the day... At this point, you spent not very long at the tiger's eye. It's still morning. You could spend half the day um, going to the Carpenters Guild, explaining to them the job, and making an appointment for them to come out and give you an idea of when and how much it'll cost. Awesome. I do that. All right. Uh, does anyone, do you want to do that alone? Sure. Exact same note. Sure. It's a four-imprint free to give them. You go to the Carpenters Guild, you talk with someone there, they say they can have someone out to give you a, an estimate on the 11th of Uttar, which yes. is the beginning of the next 10 day. God, bureaucracy. Um, yeah, Bing Bang, you said you're going to board the windows, though, for now? Yeah. Great. So easy time of year, I don't know what to tell you. No, I understand. You have to insulate all the houses for the upcoming cold. But, but always in Ukta. People always think to do it in Ukta when things start to get cold. <laughs> uh, what, sorry, what was what was your name? You bastard. <laughs> Brantley. Brantley. Thank you, Brantley. I will see someone at my house on the eleventh of Ukta. Yes, you will. One of the Carpenter Guild's best. Was it? Will it be you? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. I'm dispatch. You're dispatch. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Brantley. Great man. Is it Brantley or Brantley? Brantley. Brantley. Got it. One more. We probably won't see each other that much after this. Like, this is probably the last time I'm going to see you. I usually don't follow up with customers. Uh, you shouldn't be put into my uh, mind palace spreadsheet of of characters of the of Waterdeep. I mean, that sounds sort of weird. If you want to do that, that's fine. <laughs> I might, you know, mention it to the god if I like see you outside of my house or something. Oh, I would never do that. Never do that. Thank you, Bransley. Okay, I leave. <laughs> Does anyone else want to do something with their morning? Yuri Rumble? No. Um, I've got some like spell transcripts and stuff I want to do, but I need to get ink for that. And that involves a science quest. 
some occupation. I'll do some light cleaning. Oh, I guess yeah. I can help clean around the house. That's true. You guys can um, take some time to clean up. A lot of leaves and other debris have blown into the tap room floor because the windows are open. Um, you can take some time to board up some windows oh, as well. Could I use fast forward reverse to like on broken parts of the house to just kind of like meditate and like bring them back to earlier parts of when they were less broken? No, the confines of that spell, too much time has passed for a lot of it. Cool. Um, if you had a spell like Mending, mm -hmm. that could work. All right, cool. Um, but you can definitely take some time, the two of you, to just board things up, get it into a sort of passable location. It doesn't look very good, <laughs> but it's going to at least provide some, like cover from the word, like just like basically a lot of this was just open to the elements for a while. The upper floors are a bit better, but they still need a lot of work as well. But the, the tap room had been like directly damaged following the explosion and you haven't really dealt with fixing it up too much. Hmm. Crew. I also want to go on like a walk around the neighborhood and familiarize myself with like just the layout of the block. I don't think I think I've only been here for a day, and this is... Yeah, yeah. You do that. You um, take about an hour to walk around. You notice all of these businesses, which you can look at there. There's a um, there's the Bent Nail, which you've already been to. There's the Steam and Steel, where Avi and Embrick make metal weapons and armor. There's Coralon's Crown, which is sort of an apothecary alchemist shop. Um, another place where you could get incense, by the way. Uh, Rashal and Coraline's Crown would both have it. There's Froon's Brews, which is a competing uh, <laughs> brew house down the, like, through the alley from you. Excuse me. Um, it's a real dick. And there's, uh, I forget, I always forget the name of Rashal's place. Uh, Bookworm's Treasure. Mm -hmm. That is run by Rashal, the dragonborn of Gold Dragon Ancestry, cool. who runs a uh, two-story bookshop. Nice. Um, I also just want to, like, I want to, like, make note of any, like, little shortcuts or, like... One thing you do note is there is sewer access. Sewer access. There, none of you guys have actually discovered the sewer access yet, but you, being a person who spends most of his time below Waterdeep are well attuned and you find a uh, removable metal grate Wonderful. with a ladder below that descends into the sewer system. Ooh. Where? In, in the like neighborhood? In the cellar? I'm going to confirm it right now. Yeah. It is... I'll put it on. I have had you guys roll checks to try and find it in the past which you have all failed. <laughs> mm. But it is over here. Sounds like us. Yeah. Not really to sewers. Uh, oh, so it's in the alley. It's in the alley. Nice. Excellent. That's definitely worth like checking out. It's right around there inside too. It also answers some questions for you because. Isn't that the direction that person ran? Things have been. You've been attacked in your home more than one time, and the City Watch 
No one has ever really seen these attackers approaching. You remember the Xanathars sent a sort of hit squad to your house at one point, which you managed to repel. But um, you get the sense that they probably came in through that sewer access because there were no reports of them walking through the city. Did you hear about the sewer access? No. Rumble did a walk around and found that there is sewer access in near your house. What? That's cool. That's really good stuff. More people have probably attacked us from before. Oh, boy. Uh, but yeah, Rumble. you do that. And uh, you can spend some time walking further around the North Ward. You get a better sense of the area. Yeah. Um, you go by the place that Choppa gets a lot of his produce from, Olbrinter mm-hmm. Villa. You can go to the City Watch post itself where Choppa is currently being held. Mm. Um, in fact, you go there close to noon yeah. and you see a rather rotund, large man um, through a window talking with a clerk there. And Choppa. After you've been down in your cell for not an unbelievably long time, a guard comes down and says, Oi, somebody's here. Help you get out. You hear the door click open and swing. And Chapa, he's been doing nonstop since the scene last (laughs) week from him. Yeah. Uh, Chapa, you are free to leave your cell and as you climb up to the first floor of the City Watch post, you see Mert talking with the clerk. He says, Hmm, Chapa, good to see you. Uh, Sorry you had to spend an evening in the clink. Uh, No problem at all, my friend. Uh, uh, I'll admit... It's, it brings me uh, happiness to see your face. Me as well, me as well. Now, I've been talking with our friend here and we've struck up a deal whereby you are free to go, although you are under my supervision, as you have not evaded the charges levied against you, Mm -hmm. which if I, I'm correct, and he turns to the clerk who sort of nods. Ah, uh, 1,000 gold pieces in damages to be paid to the house Tolly. Mm-hmm. Unless you can prove your innocence. Yes, right. Uh, a, a bail, essentially, wherein, and parole, wherein I'm released. Uh, to go about my lawful business. Yes. Uh, there is... upon results of this case. There is, however, the matter of an edict. You are not allowed to interface with the Tollies. If you are, you will be summarily arrested and thrown back in jail, at which point my services will not help you escape. Of course. Nor would they be rendered, I presume. Um, 
that's all seems more than reasonable. Um, I, I want to make sure that I stay on the right side of this line. Um, I'm happy to hear you say that. Can you specify what any interaction means? Uh, could I you know, do research into their house? Uh, so long as you do not bother the Tully Tullys directly by going to their home, their place of business, or any other place that they might be or frequent, anywhere where they might be aware of your presence, you, I believe, will evade all suspicions. If you want to go to a public place of learning to look into their history, well, I think that is something any member or citizen of Waterdeep is allowed to do, am I correct? And the clerk sort of like, "Eh, yeah. Um, Very own... uh, uh, Mert, I promise you, they'll not know I'm out of um, this jail by, through any action of my own. Um, Well, that's good. Mum's the word. Uh, Thank you. In earnesty in earnestness. Yes, and perhaps while you are at home doing your own research, there can be um, other ways of looking into the Tallies. And he winks at you at that, and you see him just very sort of casually pull aside a lapel to show the Harper uh, badge that Mm -hmm. he's wearing. The clerk does not seem to take note of this as they are just working in a ledger. Indeed. Uh, you are wise, Mert. I shall turn to my faith and pray deeply upon it. Yes, Saloon has ways of revealing the truth, does she not? Yes, her song is wonderful indeed. I was also made aware that a uh, sample of a potential reagent was taken at the scene of this crime that you purport and uh, our friend here informs me it is being tested and results should be returned on the model. Fascinating. Um, uh, Can I come here to learn the results? I believe you may. I also asked to be made aware of the results. But I, I believe that the court will also send you further summonses and updates on your case as it proceeds. You will, of course, have to face a trial if you are not able to uh, prove your innocence beforehand. I suppose that's reasonable. Jurisprudence and all of that. I do love a good, um, you know, procedure and rule set that must be followed. Um, fantastic, thank you. Um, can we, officer, am I free to go? Yes, you're you're free to go now. Uh, thank you. And any updates can be sent to the old troll skull man, soon to be Hootenwood. Yes, uh, Mr. Mert made it known to us where you reside. Um, wonderful. Uh, as we, like, 
as I leave, can I talk to Mert outside of like City yeah. Watch Zone? Yeah, you step out of the courthouse and you see Rumble. Oh, Java, uh, my friend. So uh, you're you're free. Uh, well, it seems so. Thanks to free in a sense, free as a bird, may find himself in a jail cell rather quickly if he does anything to upset the Tollies. I recommend, Chopper, that you stay home for the time being, just so as not to invite any unfortunate circumstances. We don't know whether the Tollies might try to take some sort of retro retribution against you. Yes, it would be unfortunate to be tricked into appearing to violate the terms and thus being judged. Precisely. Uh, but the impression I got was that I'm totally in the clear and I can do whatever I want now, so that's pretty fine. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know about that. Oh, I'm just joking with you again, Bert. Um, Rumble, what are you doing here? Oh, I was uh, just taking a stroll around the neighborhood, uh, mm. getting the lay of the land. Um, I wouldn't worry yourself about the Tollies. We, uh, we've been doing our investigations on our own, and uh, we'll do some looking into them. You know, that's, um, that's good to hear. I, for my part, have gotten some good information um, on some of the events that have happened uh, to our little group of friends. Uh, that shed some light and I think it would be good to... Where is everybody else? Are they at home? I believe so. I think uh, doing a little clean-up, a little uh, sweepy-sweep. I think it might be good to go and fill them in on this. Mert, uh, again, I can't thank you enough. Is there anything that I can do to show my gratitude other than you know, our rule following we discussed? Well, I was... Um forced to put up a bail mm. in monetary form that I was going to speak to you all about at a later date, but since you bring it up now, uh, I did have to put down a deposit of 500 gold dragons to secure your release for today. Now, that sum will be returned to me if you can prove your innocence, but uh, should you not, I will be asking be reimbursed. That seems more than fair. Um, do you, would you like uh, the deposit to be paid by us? We have the funds, and if you would prefer to hold them, we'd be more than happy. For now, let us allow uh, things to take their natural course. I know that you and your friends are skilled in the ways of investigations and I have every confidence that you'll be able to catch the Tollies in their nefarious actions and we can allow the city to pay me back directly. Yes. Let us say that I have confidence the city will pay you back but I guarantee that you will be paid back. That is good to hear. Um... In the meantime, if there's any favor that I can do, uh, please don't hesitate to let us know. The Hooting Newt are in your debt for this. Uh, but, Rumble, unless there's any other business that you have in the uh, vicinity, 
perhaps we should head back. Yeah, well, I think the crew will be happy to see you. We've been eating cold kibble for breakfast, so... Uh, <laughs> I'll no, be I, happy to sleep all back. All one day. Uh, <laughs> these, these, uh, the house totally, they've been skulking around in these... These, we found out they've been making these uh, the robes for themselves and uh, using the strange insignia. Uh, I don't know if our friend Mert here has any. What uh, what sort of insignia? It uh, it's a it, it's a purple circle on a on a black background. So purple circle with a Scottish accent. Purple Five times fast. <laughs> I'm not. Well versed in um, iconography of the higher born, I do not know if this indicates a faction within the city I'm unaware of or something else, but it rings no bells. Mm-hmm. Chopper, you want to make a religion check? Powerful circle. No, that's not good. Um, yes, but I'm not trained in it. Yeah, you don't have a... Uh, wait, wait, wait. You're not proficient with religion? I don't think so, but what? my character she is trying to look. No, I'm like a casual religion guy. <laughs> if you're not proficient <laughs> in religion, <laughs> then I revoke oh, if I, that role. <laughs> if I am proficient with these slugs, I'll let you know. Okay. Is your internet slowing down as well? Um, or D&D Beyond is. It's hard to tell. Okay. Hard to tell. Amanda, are you up and running? Great. So, uh, Chuck, you're free. You go home. You're all, once again, reunited. It is just past midday. The sun is just beginning to set. What would you like to do? You have several things on the docket. Vincent will be returning before long. You could go to the harbor to try and deal with the supposed bronze dragon. Chapa, you can... Have you relayed everything? Yes. So you guys all have the information that Chapa leaved from prison. Chapa, Alicia, whoa! Chapa! You're free! You look beautiful! Lousy! You're jacked! Thank you. Yes, I uh, was working out while I was in prison. Are you sweating? Um, Yeah, I honestly, I didn't even know I could sweat. You're Um, using the shit water to cool himself down. I had a crazy (laughs) dream, like... Nightmares and like visions of old teachers. Um, the man who taught me how to make a soup stock. Chapa, can you also make for me history, chap? And as he's telling the story, three. As he's telling the story of this uh, dream, can you also make a history chap for me, chap? Not 20. Plus like 3. With a nat 20. 22. Uh, do you give all the details 22. of the stream? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not proficient in the Okay. Um, several things stand out to you, Chuck. Mm-hmm. The uh, Goliath figure mm-hmm. matches descriptions you were given of the Izzy Hammer. Ah. The one-time bandmate of Aronio. Uh, this also links up in your head with the words that Chapo is hearing in the dream. When has Hammer fallen before 
the yeah. Feast of the Moon. Hammer, of course, is a month in this calendar. It equates uh, to January. It's, it's Hammer Feast, now, right? Like no, it's just called, Hammer. It's just called Hammer. The month. I'll double check, but yeah, it's just Hammer. Oh, that's right. And it is the month that pre precedes Night All. The Feast of the Moon takes place on the last day of Uktar between Uktar and Night All. So as far as the calendar goes, Hammer comes after the Feast of the Moon. Right. But there is also the question of, is he Hammer? Right. It's Maybe the two are related. With a natural 20, you start to make these connections in your head. And also, Chapa saw like a vision of Izzy. Yeah. Being Exactly. Like he was captured. And Looks like he was captured. Feared. Yeah. Um, I think a fear and uh, Chapa did sort of suspect um, that maybe that was Izzy Hammer, so that's good mm. to have that confirmed awesome. by Chuck and say, like, I think something terrible may have befallen him. We know he, he left uh, on a mission for uh, the House of the Moon. Uh, is that what it's called? No. <laughs> the, the House of the Moon is the name of the temple within water. Right. I do not know. Did you, were you given the location that he was going to? I don't believe so. No, I don't think you were. No, this is not. But you no, know that he was going on a mission for, this, for the House of the Moon. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yes, yes. He bears the rank of Silver Star within the church, Silver which Star. is... Uh, given to somebody who defends the church through, like, military might or through, like, martial means. Mm-hmm. It's basically their front lines against threats against the church. So, I think Chapa today would want to go to the House of the Moon to warn them that he's had this premonition or vision if they don't already know. Um, and then, yeah, uh, we could go to the Plumbers and Sellers Guild, but it would cost the same money, that's the same amount of money as the bail money that we might owe to Merck. Um, but we've got it, mm-hmm. and we can potentially get more money. And well, we could get we're money. We're in this court case anyway, so it's fine. We could also get money from the bronze dragon, right? Like from Vadra? Would she give us money for that? For dealing with the bronze dragon? Some money. Maybe an inside check. Not twenty. <laughs> what? Vajra has told you explicitly that this is not work that she's giving you that that is going to be paid monetarily. But you have been given it. You've been given some magical boons at times. You guys still have potions of water breathing in your possession. But she seems to specifically not pay this work because she is looking for people who are interested in defending Waterdeep on the terms of... You just care about the city. Doing it for exposure. Right. She's not looking for mercenaries per se. Okay. Okay. Cool. 
still, this has been in the back of my mind for so long. Um, Rishal has offered us a job for money where we can go to Bronco outside Waterdeep and get some books for him. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much money that'd be. Um, but Wasn't also, just like, specific? we've got the Stone Galore, and we're on the track to treasure, and also, mm-hmm. we've been accumulating money as we do so, so... Yeah. Do we want to spend the party gold on windows, or hang on to it, is the question. I think we, I already went to the Carpenter's Guild. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I went to the Carpenter's Guild, and they they, they have a guy coming on the 11th to do an estimate. Perfect. Between I guess and that, four. I guess. Um, the same day as your show at the Young Portal. Yes. Okay. But, um, okay. I think we should. Um, well, I want to make my way to the House of the Moon with haste. Does anybody object, or would anybody like to come with me? What the... Do you know what time did the investigator Barnabas, right, say what time the uh, Lords went on their evening walk? Vincent Trench is the investigator that works, who runs the Tiger's Eye. He said that they take an evening walk, that they leave at sunset, and that they usually stay out past dark, and that occasionally, or one time rather, he has seen them go to another noble house, the House of Moonstar. Um, I'm gonna wait around because Vincent said he would be able to find a child before sundown. So I'm gonna wait around my house. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wait around the house. You're going to say that again? I'm gonna wait around Troll School Manor for Vincent to come back with the lead on the child. Okay. Um, you're going to the House of the Moon. Yes. Gonna hustle my shell over there. You do. And... Just going to find a name. You said the they stop at what house? Uh, House of Moonstar. Moonstar is another noble house. Treats. I'm just gonna call them. Is it on the Can't trust them. Could you please remind us what work the widow's walk is in? Dot work. Dot work. Dot work, you say. Interesting. Maybe I could do a little double header and punch up that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. I did not realize that Master Agwan frequents the Widow's Walk for karaoke. <laughs> that is in my notes. It's true. There's a karaoke night. Wow. Bing Bing enrolls at Agwan's dojo. Agwan frequents for karaoke the Widow's Walk in Spiderweb Alley, Dockward. Home of quote Mistress Pink. Maybe the first mention of Mr. Pink in this campaign. I don't think so. I think Aroni mentioned her before. Maybe. 
But I'm not sure. It doesn't really matter. Return gifts to Euronio's friends and some people before that. Yeah, Hmm. there we go. Yeah. Um, if we need to do any sneaking, like going, try to catch them on the spot, I think it might be useful to have Freya become like a puddle or a flower or a rock. And I can see through her eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, can I? Can we be brainstorming about this as a party before? I yeah, know. take a second to brainstorm because I'm looking for an in. Perfect. Um, oh, I, I have an idea. What? Um, what if uh, she goes into a flower? Yeah. And then sure they got um, some, some plucky orphan child, aka one of these two in disguise. Uh, you know, sells it to them. Gives them a real pity act. Like, and please, sir. We will put more children in their path. Why don't you buy these little... These no, little... We couldn't trap them. Being like a, oh, child, you, I need coin for my sick mother. Uh, do you have any work for a young lad? Do we know what mm. the, child, the missing child looked like? We could disguise them as... As <laughs> their kid. Who looks... Almost like well, kid. Well, wait a minute. He doesn't get the heartstrings. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yes, and um, we know they wow. hire kids, so like it's a totally different kid that's just like looking for a job. Mm-hmm. And it starts off by selling them these flowers, and they can tell that they're like hustling them a little bit. And you're like, oh, this kid's got potential, you know. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you're their lieutenant, and they're telling you all of their secrets. <laughs> I like it. Fair idea. You've got to play the long con. Long con, hmm? Get in there, good for years. Build up oh the trust. <laughs> Get adopted. <laughs> Pose as their child for half a decade. <laughs> I like this plan. Love you, Pose. Love you. It sounds like yeah. we'd be doing a little divide and conquer mm-hmm. on our tasks. I think that makes the most sense. Chopper's gonna probably justify do his Order of the Phoenix thing and warn the Ministry of Magic about the visions he's having. See if they do anything. Well, we have to down to the dock ward. Well, I'm waiting for Vincent Trunch to come back first and then going down to the dock ward. Yeah. 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 I also have some new, very stealthy second level spells. Mm, nice. Don't bring Chopper. It's the bottom of my house. Give you a plus cool. 10 to your stealth That'll check. That'll offset the minus one I have. Um, that's a good idea. Well, maybe. No, Chopper shouldn't come. No. Chopper should have absolutely no, no involvement with this. Not myself. Like, literally, stealthy. like, don't even tell Chopper about how the investigation is going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's Chopper? Right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charlotte! Put a marker in right there that says long silence. My hands probably smell like salty peanuts. Ah, oh, 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 man. Oh, <laughs> you arrive at the house of the room. Hmm. And you see the Familiar face of the priestess Salma. Is that the name you were looking for? That was the name I was looking for. (laughs) Probably didn't need to, but I got fixated. Continuity is important. Continuity is important. Like Solomon would know. Salma. Salma. 
Salma is in Hayek. Yes. Selma is in Hayek. Um, Salma. Um, have I... Is oh. this somebody I interact with? This is the same priestess who you met one time at the House of the Moon mm-hmm. when you went there to visit, and then who also came to Trollskull with a couple of acolytes of the church. And I voluntold them into helping with the soup kitchen. Yes. Um, oh, Chapa, how are things going at the kitchen? Um, uh, I confess there was a bit of a incident last night. Oh, uh, no. Yes, seems we've made some enemies because somebody tried to slip something into the soup. Oh. Some sort of poison, I think, but that's not why I'm here. Uh, Last night. This sounds strange, but I had a dream of Izzy Hammer, Silver Star Hammer, the, a man I've never seen before with my eyes. But when I described him, one who had recognized the description, and these words kept repeating in my mind. When his hammer fell before the Feast of the Moon, and I saw Silver Star Hammer captured by some sort of dark, shadowy forces, and I, I fear something terrible has happened. But I came here to tell you as soon as I could. Her face is furrowed with worry and concern, and as you start to share some of the details of this, you can see these revelations wash over her with a bit more significance than perhaps you had intended. She looks at you and says, I... Can you... Can you follow me? Of course. Lead the way. She starts to lead you deeper into the House of the Moon, past the nave, and up into sort of the upper floors of the church itself, where the clergy worship, live, and um, carry out other religious tasks for saloon. She brings you above that area still to a large chamber, not at the very top of the House of the Moon, which you remember has a large tower that looms over Waterdeep. It is the tallest tower in the city. And um, priests of the faith will go to the top of this tower to bathe in the moonlight uh, on a pretty frequent basis. Fairly high up in this tower, you are led by Salma until you reach a door that is painted white and has the familiar iconography, the same iconography that you saw tattooed on Izzy Hammer's chest. Seven stars, two eyes. A symbol of saloon. And Salma knocks gently and there's a, a voice, a soft voice from the other side of the door. 
enter. You do. And you see seated behind a, or, yeah, seated behind a, um, not, not a desk, but some sort of scrying dish hmm. is a woman with white hair braided intricately wearing white robes. Two other priests seated in front of her. They're all looking into this dish. Salma, who who have you brought? Priestess of High Moonlight, I present to you Chapa. He is a faithful follower of Saloon. He runs a soup kitchen in the North Ward. I I mentioned to some of my colleagues here that he was doing good work for the people of Waterdeep in the name of Saloon. Ah, yes, yes. I remember being told of it is, it is nice to meet you, Mr. Chapa. Please, uh, won't you both enter? Is there, is there something the matter? Salma turns to you and asks you to repeat what you saw in your dream. Yeah, uh, says, it, it is my honor, but I had a dream, I believe, was a premonition or a vision of current events that seems you may already know. And he looks down at the scrying bowl and says, uh, a vision of Izzy Hammer, a Silver Star Hammer, who um, my friend recognized the description of and captured, interrogated, tortured perhaps by Shadowy figures. I don't know. Worry glances exchanged between the the priests. Don't you may already know this, and I. Uh, I hope it is nothing, but I, it felt a message from Saloon. Chapa, I am Jesail Eveningfall, the priestess of High Moonlight here at the Tower of the Moon. I and my colleagues did send Isadora to embark on a mission, an investigation, into strange reports we had received of dark influences to the east of Waterdeep. Isadora left on the 2nd of Uktar, and we have been in daily communications with him until yesterday. All of our efforts to reach out to Silver Star Hammer have been rebuffed, and our attempts to scry upon him have yielded only darkness. You have been given a glimpse into something that even Saloon's light has not afforded us. This is auspicious. Do you not agree? 
It is. It's a, a beautiful gift from Saloon to be given this information dark and ill tidings as it is. But if I need I need time to think about this. But I will seek you out again soon, Chopper. It may be that the church, that Saloon herself, is reaching out to you to help our friend Isadora. I am... Uh, uh, my practice is, is simple, but I help those who ask for it or for whom it is asked, and to provide some relief in the terrors of night is the most holy act I can think of. So I await any information or, or word from you with bated breath. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you, Salma, for bringing Mr. Choppa to speak with us, and thank you for sharing your vision. I'm glad you did not hesitate in bringing us news. It may, it may lead to the rescue of our friend, whom I'm gravely worried for. Uh, as am I. Do you uh, recall, how much of your dreams do you recall to Giselle? Um, I, I, do you try to be as yeah. like word for word as possible? Yeah, I think I would try to give them like a pretty detailed rundown in case there's any like details that didn't mean yeah. anything to me but are significant to them. One thing that she picks up on, and before you leave, asks you, Chapa, in your studies, in your travels, have you ever come across mention of the crypts of the deepening moon? Can make uh, a history jam. I doubt that I have. Uh, two. You have not, but even with a two, you remember what Zoop said from your dream. Yeah. Which was... As he handed you a bowl of soup, he asked, what lies beneath the deepening moon? I've never heard of it other than searching my memory. I, my, my mentor, I don't believe he ever said that to me in the actuality, but... He certainly did not. There, in the dream. Zoop was not a follower of the Moon Maiden. No. Zoop was just a guy who kept up a lighthouse and knew how to make a mean soup. Mm-hmm. Read a lot of books. Real good with the forest. But no crypts. No, uh, what are these? The crypts of the sunken moon. The crypts of the deepening moon. Deepening. 
they once they once held the remains of an elven family who followed Saloon, but they have long fallen to ruin. That is where we sent Silver Star Hammer. Yesterday, when we lost contact with him, he had breached the ruins and was descending into the crypts. Mm. Well, if there was some great evil within there that could have caused somebody as powerful as he to be captured. Um, what would that mean? Would it now be free? What was he what was he doing there? He was investigating rumors, shadows. There have been reports from regions of Undercliff, farm settlements and the like, who have been assaulted of late by creatures, creatures bound by shadow and magic with ill intent. We, uh, I, my com- comrades and I may have encountered some of those very creatures, uh, living scarecrows and a shambling mound that it seemed to have been created, brought into existence intentionally and maliciously. There was some dark, arcane gem at the center of it. Interesting. Brought the thing down, but I can substantiate some of those rumors myself. Interesting. You have given us much to think on, Mr. Chopper. I thank you for your service to Saloon, and I urge you to meditate on how committed to Our Lady you are, and whether or not you are willing to answer her call, for indeed she may be calling you to assist Isidore Hand. I shall do just that. Your words are wise. With that, and with a nod to Salma, you are led down and back to the atrium of the House of the Moon. Salma says that she will send members of the clergy to come to your soup kitchen and you can essentially give them instruction in how to operate and maintain it so that you do not need to always be present and working, but you can keep the soup kitchen going and they'll kind of keep a rotation of uh, service doing yeah. Uh, fantastic. But this will also grant a certain amount of um, protection on the house. These are going to be trained clerics who will be keeping an eye on the house 
in your absence, especially if you are uh, asked by the church to investigate the whereabouts of Izzy Hammer. I cannot tell you the peace of mind this will give me to be able to continue to help these... Well, anybody who wants soup, I suppose. Um, That's the other thing. It's going to be very good for the people of Waterdeep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, you get a free meal out of it, too, of course. Um, I think as Chapa is leaving the House of the Moon, like, despite the importance of everything else that's going on and, like, how urgent he felt getting there. He feels almost, like, more ominous from what he's heard in the House of the Moon now. Like, that is worrying him as much as everything else um, is the thought of, like, Chapa has spent his whole life following the pull of wherever the next place felt, and he's always been on the move. And, like, and this is where it's brought you. Right, but but this is the first place that he feels like he's not sure if he's okay with following to the next thing, that he wants to hang on to this. So he is meditating on what the priestess said, of like, if I am called away, how will I feel? What will I do? Is my dedication to Saloon enough to do that? Or for the first time, would I like, choose to remain in one place and make a different choice. So he he's pondering all of this to himself as he walks quietly back towards the hooting nude. Okay. The rest of you. Chuck. Mm-hmm. As light starts to leave the sky. You see, walking down Serdoon Street towards Trollskull, the familiar figure, Vincent Trench, mm-hmm. holding by the scruff <laughs> of his shirt, a small boy who occasionally will like kick out and be like, I can walk my own. And they're coming towards the house. Okay. I wait for them to come to the door. I don't meet them in the street. You do that. And Vincent sees you. Are you do you, are you on the porch? Are you inside? I'm like in the doorway, and I. Go. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. And Vincent brings the boy inside. If Chapa's back at the house at this point, he stops whatever he's doing on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. He's like, "I drink no part of this." Then he goes upstairs. Um, and I go, "Well, well, 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 well." Well, well, well. <laughs> Why don't you introduce well. yourself to Mr. Finn, Ricky? Ricky. Yes. You see this sort of pouty, uh, freckled, uh, sandy blonde haired boy, like looking up at you through a scowl. Why'd you bring me here? Ricky, is it? Yeah. Do you remember me? Yeah. How are you doing? Bad. Why is that, Ricky? Sort of just like gestures at the situation. (laughs) Ricky, I was hoping I could strike a little deal with you. 
just glowering at you, but not saying, not protesting. Do you have a, a place to sleep? Yeah, of course. Where's that? Got a great place to sleep. Where's that? Field ward. Field. So Where do you sleep out? Vincent, at this point, Vincent looks at you and says, he stays with a bunch of other kids. They've yeah. got a bit of a shanty tent town. Okay. Ricky, do you like movies about gladiators? <laughs> is, it, uh, is it warm there or is it cold here? We have fire. But is it... Does it have walls? As many walls as your place has. And okay. It sort of indicates that, like, at that moment, like a, a board that had recently been like hammered into one of the windows just like... <laughs> crashes okay, fair, off. Fair, fair, fair. I uh, was hoping that... You could tell me some more information about what happened last night. Hey, we'll give you a... I already talked to him. And Vincent says, Yeah, but I want him to hear it from your mouth so he knows I'm not lying. I told the guy... Those two came up to me when I was waiting for... waiting for the soup kitchen to open... And they said they would give me five silver pieces if I just poured a vial of something into the soup. And they said that the guy who made the soup deserved it because he was a bad guy. And that you all were using the soup kitchen as like a way to make it seem like you were good people and helping the city, but actually, like, behind the scenes, you were doing all of this bad stuff and how you'd, like... He looks at Vincent for a second before looking back at you. Kill people. For their adrenochrome, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they killed said that... people. Yeah, I mean, they said that you killed people with that fireball outside of your house and that there was an incident where, like, the the guards were here and, like, you killed a bunch of people inside your house, but, like, no one's getting you in trouble for all this stuff. It's Benghazi all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. What about... To a passing... Listen, to, to a child yeah. who's told this stuff, there is some truth to this because... Yeah. You all were ambushed in your home, and you killed the people who came to ambush you. Right. And their bodies were indeed paraded out to onlookers. Right. Interesting. It was at night that this happened, so it wasn't the biggest spectacle. But there were indeed people around. Mm. And then, of course, the fireball drew large amounts of attention. And... A lot of rumors have been flying around the North Ward since the bloodbath at Gralhoon Villa right. about a party of ragtag individuals who were spotted at the scene mm-hmm. who match your description, mm-hmm. you being the only party that contains a turtle, a nimble ride, a satyr, an elf. And now we got a cat. And now you got a cat. <laughs> yes, interesting. So you all have indeed accrued a bit of a reputation that is only maybe sinking in now as you hear it fed back to you through the Mm -hmm. lips of a child Mm -hmm. who doesn't know all the details but has seen the broad strokes Mm. you know Ricky when you say when you say it all like that I uh, understand why 
you you wouldn't think twice about doing what you were told in this situation. And I, uh, you know, I I want to admire you for your your commitment to righteousness. But uh, I have to tell you, like, puffs his chest up a little bit. There, he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I uh, I will say in our in our defense. We are mixed up in some pretty pretty rough stuff, and uh, we've had to make some decisions that have had some consequences, but we have the greater good of Waterdeep in our interests. I must, must, must uh, encourage you to believe us. And also, who wants... Twenty. Dirty twenty. Sort of looks at you and hears what you're saying and sees a certain softness in your eyes. Mm-hmm. And just doesn't say much, but he's like, it's the big goat eyes. Also, believes you. who wants a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, find a cookie that probably Chapa has had. Or see his a eyes, sweet treat. You see his eyes light up. That's what I was working on. And he lunges for the cookie, and you realize in that moment that the clothing that he's wearing is hanging off like a fairly skeletal, malnourished form. Mm. Mm. Pricky, would you like a bowl of non-poisoned soup? So he's like munching down this cookie. Mm-hmm. He's like, he just nods. Okay, I think we can work something out. And I take him down to the kitchen. Before you do, or as he's like walking away, Ricky, um, Vincent looks at you and says, So are we square here? Oh, we're square. Thought you did well for a second. (laughs) Get you around, Mr. Finn. He just stubs out the cigarette he'd been smoking this whole time on the floor. Gives it, like, squishes it with his shoe and walks out into the night. Hey, we're still... What are the... Oh. <laughs> you can instantly magic it up and it'd be a little more rude, I guess. Just... No, it's still rude. <laughs> I could, uh, You're going outside the window, just, like, shake water, sit out of the way. Press to digitate it away. Gross! Okay. <laughs> um, I... Because I have now this certain softness to this child. Do we have a spare? I mean, Ricky actually doesn't really care about staying here, but... Do you get the sense, the more, like, if you feed this kid and give him a cookie and, like, show him upstairs, like, he starts to think maybe this wouldn't be a bad place for me to stay. Yeah. Even asks whether or not you wouldn't mind, like, putting up a few of his friends. Why not? Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, really? And is out the door like a shot. I don't know if you have met children. I have met them at the dojo, but they are very... Sticky. Loud. (laughs) Well, I mean, we have a soup kitchen. Why not have an orphanage? Oh Oh god. I have, listen, listen here, people, listen, listen, people, people, (laughs) Yuri will hear me later. This is how you get an infestation. You know, the collective noun 
for urchins is infestation. An infestation of urchins, Chuckle Barrett. Look, I was a child of the streets. I know how hard it is. I know how you will really do anything except any money, no matter what it causes. What but I miss was Chuckleberry. has invited a gang of urchins to live in our home, oh. as many as they please. Um, tell me, Chuck, uh, were you um, in especially? There is an open room right across the hall from your room on the top floor. Yeah, it's got children in the attics, but it's still children. Were you a good house guest at the time when you yourself were a street urchin? I believe in transformative justice. You know, I think that we can really fight crime at the young level. What if we put them to work? They could clean the house for oh. us and try oh, to... Oh, child labor! Yeah, that's, that's great. I mean... And kids can have their uses. Is this safe? Bodies have been known to be melted and uh, incinerated when they're here at our house. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's an excellent point. Well, that's true. I should, probably should have asked Ricky also how many children he yeah. I agree, Chuck. Starts with one and then. And if they're comfortable with being ambushed on the regular? Well, okay. When all of the children come back, fine. I will uh, walk with them back to their shanty town and maybe I can give them some some items that will help them have a better house. Because he said it himself, there was, their house was not much better than ours with the state of things. Right. So maybe we'll just work focus more on, on that instead of housing children that could potentially die under our watch. But make sure to tell them they can come here for the soup at sundown yes. every day for soup and we will feed them. No questions asked. Okay. As long as they don't poison it. As long as they don't poison it. Really. Ground rules. Ground rules. Boundaries. Maybe this is an opportunity to establish a bit of an information network. Yes. See, exactly. I'm bribing the children. I think this is fine. I did nothing wrong. (laughs) Yes. And that's that. But yes, right. go back to the shanty town, maybe like do a little bit of magic and spruce up the place for them. Yes, even though I don't have prestidigitation. And then become like a pie piper for the That's how I Can we get Ricky to, to contact the City Watch to tell them what he's told us? Right. That is the important yeah, thing. Yeah, we really needed to take Ricky to the City Watch. When he comes back, first get him to do that, and then break the news about you can't live with us. And then take him to jail. <laughs> Poisoned our soup. I'm willing to forgive that if he testifies, but you do need to get him to make a statement to the city watch. Well, I also have a show I need to get to, so. What if I shirk my responsibilities of Ricky to another person? I'm great with kids. (laughs) (laughs) Show him a bit of magic. Sorry. Great! Perfect. Bye! Wait, wait, wait. There is another idea, though. Rumbo. Rumbo? Rumbo. Rumbo. Rambo. Rambo. You could cast Disguise Self upon yourself. Yes. And take the appearance of Chuck. <laughs> and do Chuck's show. I have to go as one You can do the thing as the kid. Can Remember that it would be the appearance of oh, Monsoir. Yeah. I have to do Monsoir. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> Can Rumble sing? Can he fly the little... <clears throat> <clears throat> um, Rumble can caterwaul. I can 
Rumble gives you guys yeah. a fully committed five minute <laughs> scat performance. At several moments, you think it's over, yeah. but you can tell he was taking just a dramatic pause to come back in, like yeah. building towards something. <laughs> Um, and then, like, towards the moment where it seems like it's all building to, it just, like, the musical idea sort of fades from his head, and he's like, well, I... And that's the performance. <laughs> well, so, um, it's settled. Rumble's gonna go do the performance. Yes. Rumble, um... Was it, was it good? Let's, uh, <laughs> Rumble, let's stick more with, uh, Catman than the Scatman. Catman, hey. Catman don't. Uh, At one point, he's just like tapping on like empty bottles from behind the bar too for percussion. Scooby bop bop A lot of Scooby bops. A lot of beep beep badoos. I'll tell you what. If Yuri, if you want to try to help those kids, I could give you some enhanced charisma, which might help. You think I? You think I'm not charismatic? No. I'm saying I could enhance it. However, Paris, it's a multiplier, so... Chuck has matter. received right. the eagle's, eagle's splendor. splendor. <laughs> yes, and... And there is yeah. no other more charismatic. It is clear. <laughs> I will say, I'm not, I'm not that charismatic. Think of it this way. Under the effects of this spell... Everything you try to do, you can try twice and take the better result. Ah. Advantage, if you will. Thank you, Chopper. Well, thanks, buddy. I'd still, I'd still like to investigate these lords and follow them and see what they're doing at night. Okay. Uh, some lurking suspicions. I just want to get an idea of... Okay, so Chuck has to go to his performance. Are you going yeah. alone? I also I'm going to go to the dock ward. Yeah, okay, we got two going to the dock wards. Do you want to investigate the lord and lady... Like to follow them. Do you yes. want to do it alone, or do you want to do it? Uh, I wanted to go with you, but I'll take Yuri place. and uh, why don't we Rumble? both go? All right, so all three of you. Three, we can do. But we have children coming. There are children coming. Jeez. Also, you've been explicitly warned on going to not to the Tollies. Oh, okay, where are you going? I was going to say with Yuri. Yuri's going with Rumble to the Tollies. I, I thought you were doing the kids. I, sh- I should probably do the kids, but I thought Frey would be a good spy. I mean, if there's one person who's supposed to be staying home, it's it's, me. it's Chop. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, do you want to side with the kids? Um, yeah, I well, mean... I'm coming back here, so... Uh, I'll go... Right, I'll wait here for them. When they arrive, I'll speak with them, and then hopefully uh, little Ricky and I will go up to the city watch post and make a statement, and then I'll bring right back home. And that seems like a... A pretty, like, minimal amount of going out, you know, to the police station. Absolutely. And I'll get the soup kitchen up and running. Well, it seems like it would be the only acceptable. No, well, the best answer possible. Yes. Um, and I'll get the soup kitchen ready for tonight in the meantime. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to the dock ward first. 
Um, Chuck, mm. you arrive at the Widow's Walk. It is early in the evening when you are told to come. You are given a, an opening slot. You are a new performer mm-hmm. at the Widow's Walk. And as you arrive, you see Gatain outside who is expecting you and bids you enter, lets you enter, Bonjour. and tells you to uh, go like talk to the barman who will show you down to the green rooms and you'll be told when to perform. Play me up, barman. Hotman? You can tell as you walk in that this night in the Widow's Walk, at least at this time, isn't especially busy. Uh, There's only a few people milling about around the bar. And as you're the opening performance, the house itself is not like far from full, not even half full. Mm-hmm. But there are some people that are just starting to like sit down and have conversations in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's there are like sort of cafe tables arranged. Right. Um, you go down to the green rooms, unless there's something else you want to do beforehand. No, uh, the mood is not welcoming Ooh. when you arrive. Uh, People, like stagehands and stuff, have this sort of cool disaffection, this air of like, oh yeah, you're performing? Cool. Like, yeah, I I perform like earlier in the week. Uh, Like everyone here just seems to sort of have their own thing going on. Mm. The vibe is distinctly different from uh, the Yawning Portal, which is much more like raucous tavern vibe. Here there seems to be a little bit of uh, too cool for school going on. Yeah. And you are in the green rooms by yourself for not too long, maybe 20 minutes, a half an hour before one of the stagehands comes and is like, um, Mr. Chuckleberry, they're ready for you out there. Uh, it's Chuckleberry. Okay. Uh, how do you want to be, um, introduced? Say, welcome to the stage, the enticing experience of Monsoir. Okay. Also, could I spend that 20 minutes, not to retcon, but practicing? Sure. Okay. Um, Functionally, it's not going to give you any sorts of advantages. Okay, that's fine. But you can definitely have spent it just warming up. Yeah. Uh, you are expected to fill half hour's worth of time slot as Moen Right. I'm going to run this a little bit differently than I do Yawning Portal performances. Right. This is a one and done. Okay. You're gonna roll, make one roll. Okay. And it is a fairly high DC. Okay. Um, as you step out onto the stage, you are announced. Please welcome to the stage the um, entrancing experience of Monsieur. <laughs> oh no! Fuck this! Like somebody yeah. in the crowd is like. And you come out and it's, you spotlight on the center of the stage right. in a stool. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the house mm-hmm. is black. You can't see anyone out there. And like, blanking. Yeah, and you're sort of blinded by the light. <clears throat> um, you're going to have disadvantage <laughs> Great. on this roll. Great. And the DC is 20. Shit. Okay. Don't forget about Freya. You're getting 10 gold out of this, no matter what. 
Mm-hmm. But that's right. Thank you. Okay. You don't know what happens if you succeed. You don't know what happens if you fail. I uh, just to give set the scene. I, yeah. I, Tell I us what you do. Okay. So I walk out in. I am on swap. Who you have not met yet. Uh, so imagine a human, I believe, blonde human, female. You hear someone from the crowd just like. Thank you. <laughs> Do you use disguise self? Yes. Yeah. I cast disguise self on myself. Um, and I'm wearing like a leather bra, like bondagey type getup. Um, and I walk out. And I go, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm already out there, and I'm like, I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, hello, and thank you for having me tonight. I will sing a song that a good friend reminded me of earlier today. <clears throat> Everybody wants to be a cat. Because it's the only cats. So roll with disadvantage. Okay. I'm gonna roll by the problematic Secret variance. Okay. I'm rolling with disadvantage. I do need to know what your roll is. First one was um, 19. Okay. Second one. 16. With everything added? Yeah. Okay. Um, really bad rolls. And Do you have anything else that you can add to it? Uh, oh, duh. I'm going to use... Yeah, this actually works. I'm going to use the charm of the momentous moment. Heroic moment. Charm of the heroic moment. Charm of the heroic moment, and which causes it to be 25. So... You go out onto the stage, and there's that moment where you're blinded by the light. And you start to sing the song from Aristocats, and you can feel it tanking, Mm -hmm. going badly. Mm -hmm. And that moment suddenly flips, rewinds, zips back, and you find yourself there on the stage having seen that all play out Mm -hmm. and realizing you've got to take a different direction. Okay. But you have a chance to. Mm -hmm. What do you choose to do? You're not going to have to roll again. Okay, okay. I take out one of my daggers and I just literally, like, cut off my my bra. (laughs) (laughs) Like a titty shimmy. Someone in the audience is just like, woo! Yeah. (laughs) And I, um, I still sing the same song. Okay. But yeah, but with a different tactic and going for a more burlesque vibe, we'll yeah. say. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the crowd is into it. What crowd is there? And it seems like on a, on an eight night, yeah. uh, <laughs> at, at the, uh, at the widow's walk early yeah. on, there is a crowd that is appreciative of a little bit of skin. Yep. Um, yeah, ready for titties. It goes well. The performance goes off without hitch. After that first one, you sort of like rein things back. There's some yeah. applause. Yeah. Uh, and you carry on the rest of your set. Um, what kind of music does Monsois play? 
Um, is it the same stuff that Chuck does, but different, or is it a totally different set? It's a, it seems like now it's cabaret. Yeah, it's different. It's much more sultry, oh. okay. much more lounge. Lounge music? Lounge music, more than Chuck, who does more folky, okay. folky ballads. Um, folk, or just much more folk in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, much more lounge singer vibes. Uh, the performance goes well, even though the house is relatively unpacked and at the beginning was pretty hostile, you bring them around and by the time you walk off stage, they are clapping. Nice. And as you step off, you see Mika Pink Uh standing by the side of the stage who pulls you down into the green room and says, well, that was something. I have to say, I... I tried to throw you a bit of a curveball. Uh-huh. Um, you see, usually this night of the month, we'll book uh, larger acts. Uh-huh. We get a we we try to attract a crowd that's more into a like harder sea shanty vibe. Mm. And um, <laughs> let's just say I didn't think that was going to be what you brought to the table, but you did bring something that. Managed to pull that crowd around. Sex sells, baby. Uh, here's your here's your performance fee, and she hands you a small pouch containing ten gold dragons. Oh yeah. This night is all wrong for you. I'm going to set you up on a different night next month. Oh, thank you. It'll be more conducive to the lounge style that you're trying to get, and. Um, I think you might appreciate this as well. And she turns around and pulls from, a, you know, it seemed like she had set this up in your dressing room, yeah. either for you to find or for her to give you if she, if you, you know, if she was going to interface with you afterwards. Um, a hat. Hey. It's got a feather sticking out of the side of it. And uh, as she is sort of holding it, she says, this was something that I used to have a lot of fun with back in my performance days. And as she fits it onto her head, you see her transform into the spinning image of Monsoir. That's what Chuck does. Yeah. And she sort of looks at herself approvingly and takes it off and goes back to being Mika Pink. I had a disguise. Whoa. Which you can add to your inventory. Sick. Hell yeah. What is it called? Hat, hat of Disguise? You should also yes. ask what day your show is. I, I will, was going to. I will, reach out, I will reach out to you this time. Thank you. No first nights, though. Yes, you, I, can also, I have a quick... Could I just quickly say, I uh, the first of the ten days is normally a bit busy for me. Prefer that night to not be the night you choose. Well, I'll try to accommodate that. Thank you. And I take the hat on and I turn it and I take it. We've got a we've got a pretty regimented schedule here, and um, it may just be that you have to perform on the first night. Is that okay for you, or would you rather not have a slot at all? Well, um, well, ah, uh, interesting. You should. Say. Well, I um, I I have a another routine gig that's on every first first night of the 
yet. You mean that we don't have exclusive access to you as an artist? I... I have some... uh, uh, just it's just one other place. No, it's not exclusive. I've made a name for what myself. What other place? Um, I don't know if you want to know. Minsoir only performs at Widow's Walk. That is true. I can assure you, though, that Minsoir, as you see her, only appears at the Widow's Walk. Roll a persuasion mean. check. Godly. You just have a different. <laughs> no. <laughs> Eight. Well, Monsoir and Chuckleberry can't be in two places at once. And we at the Widow's Walk have a bit of a reputation to maintain. And I want to know if I'm paying you top dollar that you're going to be able to perform when and if I ask. Yes, yes. Tell you what, I'm going to update your contract. Oh. <clears throat> 150 gold a performance. But you perform when I ask you to. Oh. Oh. You'll have to have your representation look into the contract. <laughs> I am most flattered, and may I ask that I take a few days to think it over? It won't take long. My offers don't stay on the table very long. Yes. Yes. I can tell. There's a lot of people in this town looking for a break. I'm trying to give you one. Oh, yes, thank you. I... I respect and am humbled by the offer. And I will get back to you with much haste. I can promise you that. Pass your message along to Gatane or one of the bar staff. I don't appreciate being sent to directly. Uh, yes. I value my privacy. Yes, Madame Pink. Mistress. Yes, mistress. Enjoy your little gift, and congratulations again on such a fine performance. Thank you. Good to know you don't mind showing a little skin. <laughs> oh, 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 and and Chuck walks away. He walks out, and he's like, "Oh, bang bang!" You arrive God in front it. of a sleeping snake. Of the sleeping snake, a two-story brothel in the dock ward, not far from the docks themselves. The Lights emanating from the windows are all of a pink or red hue. There is a population of dock hands hanging out of the bar, some of them outside smoking, others just raucously singing sea shanties uh, around the place. Um, You see men leaving with women under their arms, women leaving with men under their arms, all varieties of relationships being copulated and consummated consummated, I'm forgetting They must be all very strong from carrying things on the ships Yes, you see see a lot of like crusty sailor types with a lot of dainty uh, courtesan types Mm -hmm. traipsing around the place Any lizard folk? 
as you arrive, you step in, and it is packed in here. Um, roll a perception check. Have you seen that um, Whose Line Is It Anyway bit that's the prompt is things you can say that will start a fight? Four. He just walks on stage and goes, You guys want to fight? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be big, man. <laughs> um, with a four, you look around the place and you do not see any lizard folk. Sorry, um, not meet around. It's not a now. Did did Agwam say what Vic the business owner looks like? Uh, yes, he did. The uh, the owner's name is Vic. He is a half orc. You see a half orc behind the bar. Uh, he's balding. He's got rough features with a scar kind of around one corner of his mouth, but um, there is like a very friendly air about him. Seems like somebody who lived a rough past, but is now uh, just just trying to, uh, you know, entertain and create a good business environment. It's pretty loud in here. Could I go up and talk to... Yeah, you go up to the bar. Specifically being uh, after noticed. <laughs> yeah, you go up to the bar, and after a few moments, uh, Vic comes down, sees you. Hey, how can I help you? Are you Vic? I am, yes. What are you having? Uh, well, perhaps a fight sent by Agua. He sort of looks left and right. I, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh... You remember that Agwam told you to be... Discreet. Discreet. Yeah. Um... Listen, I can get you something to drink, baby, and you can stay here at the bar. Perhaps you could give a drink to the person I need to see. If he comes in. Oh. And he... So, I'll wait and, like, make it look like I'm drinking. Yeah, yeah. He he's, he puts a very thin, uh, like, piss-colored ale in front of you, which you occasionally tip into your mouth, and it just sort of dribbles down out your front. Um, <laughs> some people, like, notice this. Uh, but you stand there. Uh, make another perception check for me. One plus one is two. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so you stand there. You're you're just looking like dead ahead. The whole bar and the whole scene is happening behind you, but you're just looking straight ahead. And occasionally you'll like pivot very obviously to look and see what Vic is doing. And uh, Vic will, looks at you, and you do this for about an hour until your ale is gone. And you look over at Vic, and you see he's been, like, trying to get your attention for a while and is, like, using a thumb to gesture. And you uh, turn, and you see that kind of holding court in the center of the bar space around one table with uh, two women under each arm and a table that is, like, surrounded by other sailors is this 
large, green-scaled lizard folk with an eye patch. What? Who is, like I said, holding court and seems to be telling a story. So that's what I says to it. I says, you're going to make this a problem for me. I'm going to have to make this a problem for you. <laughs> and a bunch of people around the table are just like, oh, what'd you do next, Reggie? <clears throat> it seems you found Reggie, and it seems like he's been here for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um... I want to let Reggie keep... I want to listen to Reggie for a little while. Until... What are you trying to find out? Um, I guess I'm looking for an excuse to go over and, like, ask some impertinent questions. Okay. Uh, Reggie continues to tell his story for, like, the next five minutes, and it is long-winded and discusses how he was getting into an altercation with somebody else on the docks who was giving him a hard time and how they just kept escalating and escalating things until it got to a point where Reggie very, like, forcefully gave him, like, one punch to the head, knocked him out cold, and uh, everyone else sort of is, like, cheering and applauding. As he finishes that story, you see one of the women underneath his arms starts to like whisper something in his ear and he looks at her and says no I'll tell you when you can go to the bathroom you're gonna hang out here until I'm ready to go to the bathroom how's that sound we're gonna do it together oh man like how far am I from them uh, they're not far. This bar is like, there's, there's a sort of balcony that runs around the top and there's a, like a pit area and there's a number of tables. The bar itself is probably 15, 20 feet away through like a sea of tables and bodies. Okay. But... He's been sort of talking loud enough that, like, he's the been whole talking loud bar enough. Bar is sort of in on what I wouldn't say the whole bar. Otherwise, you would have mm-hmm. probably picked him out right away. Mm-hmm. But it is clear that, like, at least his little crew of people are. And, and roll an inside check for me. Fifteen. With a fifteen. You get the sense that uh, there's there's a lot of like sailor types in here. Um, the people who are at Reggie's table, um, they often in like share glances with each other during like moments of Reggie's story where like he's not paying attention. You get the sense that these people don't feel entirely comfortable around him. But they do, nevertheless, want to spend time with him. Or feel like they should spend time with him. Like, it's not uh, not a bad thing to be in good with this guy. Uh, as you continue watching, one of them gets up and Reggie's like, Hey, where the fuck do you think you're going? 
And the guy's like, oh, Reg, I was just going to go get us another drink. And Reggie's like, yeah, yeah, okay, good, good. Buy the whole table around. How about that? Um, I'm going to offer to help carry the drinks back. All right, the guy comes, and you see him order from Vic. And he's just like, can I get ten ales? And Vic sort of gives him a look. He's like, I'll get you ten ales. And he starts to set up these flagons on the bar. You have not enough hands for all of these. Can I offer to help you? Um, I, I guess. Do you, like, work here or something? I just like to be helpful. Okay. <laughs> I'm not buying you a drink. That's fine. Okay. Fine. You help this guy bring an armful of drinks back to the table, and as you're setting them down... Reggie sort of... I would like to try to make it look like I trip and spill a drink on Okay. Reggie was already eyeing you. And as you get close and trip and spill it on him, it spills over him and the two girls. The two girls are like, ah! They like shriek a little bit. I'm getting wet. And Reggie looks like the world has just turned upside down. And he looks at you and he's like, You fucking freak. Look what the fuck you did to me. I'm going to fucking beat your ass so bad. He starts to get up out of the booth. Pour another beer off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He looks flabbergasted and he's like, oh, oh, you've got a death wish. You want to take this outside? Okay, it's on. (laughs) Um, Roll initiative. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Five. Uh, Five? This is in dice jail. Yeah, you gotta use the green dice. Go hang out with Bristol and Orange. Jail. Uh, as you step out into the street, Reggie's crew come out and are like hyping him up. And some of the people who are outside see this and they like start to be like, oh, fight, fight, fight. And soon a chant goes up. And when it becomes clear who the combatants are, some people start to like worry like, Someone's waiting, Reggie. Um, and there's a little bit of excitement, a free song through Wait, the air. Am I, uh, have I, is this while I'm performing? Or yeah, this is while you're performing. Yeah, okay. uh, Bang Bang is here alone. As a TV episode, it can be like intercut. True. So like, yeah. Bang Bang is doing acrobatic uh, punching to your acrobatic. It's like totally intercut. True. Exactly. There's artistry in both of these things. Uh-huh. And uh, as a ring starts to form in the street, it's very condensed. There's not really much place to go. It's like uh, a ring of people are around you and Reggie. And uh, I'm going to say it's got a a radius of 15 feet, so 30 feet across. Um, And Reggie starts to talk and say, So, you think you're so big and tough. You can come down here to my bar and take me on in front of my friends. You've got another thing coming, my friend. We're going to do this the old-fashioned way. I'm going to beat you down. You talk so much. (laughs) There's a few chuckles 
from the crowd, and Reggie sort of looks around and is like, shut up! <laughs> and he starts to turn, he's like, all right, you're clever. That's great. And he starts to turn around as though to take a starting position. And before you have a chance to square up, he just drops down and back kicks right up at your face. Whoa. Shit. Does a... AC 15. Yeah. 16 is going to beat. Um, you're going to take... You're going to take six damage from this kick. And as it lands, he's just going to spin, come up in your guard, and try to hit you with an uppercut. That's an 18. Another six. So he lands two hits in quick succession. And then just starts to like hop around and loosen up. Yeah, not laughing anymore, huh? It's your turn. Um, all right. I'm gonna punch with my knuckle dusters. That was a one. <laughs> you take a big haymaker swing that he just ducks underneath. And I'm gonna punch again. Uh, 20 total. That hits. Um, nice. Six plus three. Uh, nine damage. Nine damage. The oh, yeah. first one he ducks, but he puts himself in an optimal position for you to just knee him in the jaw. And he reels away, sort of holding it. Um, and um, I'm going to use a key point to do flurry of blows. Nice. Uh, 12 12 does not hit oh my god another one um, wow Oof. that makes me really mad okay you come in with two quick jabs which he is able to just put his hands up and deflect and as he puts his guard back down to face you he is going to make a dummy blow, which gets him close enough to then get a bite off on your shoulder. It's gonna hurt his teeth. <laughs> That's another 18 to hit. Three damage. And he's going to make a... Um, by the way, I do have bonus two AC, so it's 17 right now. 17 right now? Yeah. Okay, so that first one hit, the second one... Is a two on the die. That one's going to miss as he tries to take a slash with his claw, which you put an arm up, and uh, the, the claw just drags across your uh, more like armored forearm and deals no damage. Uh, your turn again. Okay. That's more like it. Uh, 23. Oh, yeah. 23 hits. Five damage. Five damage. Um, as you land this blow, there's a sort of like one of those like 
echoey anime, anime moments where you sort of just like uppercut him and it's just like and some blood like flies out of his mouth and the crowd is just like oh and he sort of collects himself but is now looking like a little bit bleary and like there's anger bubbling up okay I'm doing my second attack for my action 19 that hits uh, 7 damage 7 damage uh, he is on his last leg, like, one of his legs gives out momentarily just from, like, exhaustion, but he pushes himself back up and is like, fucker! And I'm gonna do my bonus action to do another unarmed strike. Alright. Which is a one. <laughs> you, uh, again, come in with a jab, which he's able to absorb with his hands up, and looking around, eyes bleary, sort of just trying to focus on you, and he's like, fucking losing this, and he pulls out a dagger that he had hidden in his waistband. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. He's going to lunge at you. Ass lizard. Mm-hmm. It's a natural one. Yes. Okay. And another 18. Stabs and deals 8 damage. Someone from the crowd is like, you said this was a fist fight! And a few other people start to boo as they see the dagger drawn. And he starts to like look around wildly, just like, shut up! Your turn. You'll never be able to go back to your bar. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 18 to hit. Nice. That hits. Roll damage. Seven damage. That's enough. How do you want to dispose of Reggie? Remember, you were asked not to kill him. Um, Rip his head off. (laughs) (laughs) So, I would like to picture, like, letting him sort of lunge past me, giving him a huge wedgie, and then knocking him on the ground. (laughs) Yeah, you... I want him to never be able to come back here. (laughs) You sort of feign a blow that misses, and he tries to take advantage of your perceived imbalance. But in reality... You were waiting for this, and you shift and turn as he runs by, and you grab his back waistband and just yank up, ripping his pants off, but for the thin strip of cloth between his butt cheeks. Nice. <laughs> Everyone can see him. He's like naked, and he's both naked and wedgied at the same time. <laughs> it's and it's so extremely wedgie, embarrassing wedgie. for him. And as he's hanging there for a moment, just ah! Uh, you let go and as he's coming back down to the ground you just sort of like haymaker down on the back of his skull and he just goes limp on the ground choruses of laughter he's knocked cold for maybe five or ten seconds but starts to come to after a moment and turns over with like everyone outside just laughing at him as he stands up his pants fall off completely. Yeah. And like poops his there's like <laughs> there's like a few tears that have collected in the corners of his Just eyes. At this point. Well no, and he looks at you and he says, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna fucking get you for this. And he runs off into oh. the dock ward. Poor greeted just again by gales of laughter. Yes. Um as this is all going down. Vic sort of steps out from the door of the bar, comes up, slaps an arm on your shoulder, and is like, you can tell Agua, he's got a fine friend in you. <laughs> Aww. Aww. 
Thank you. I'll let him know what happened here. But you've got a free drink on me anytime you want it at the Sleeping Snake. As you saw, I can't really do that, but maybe one from a friend of mine. However it works for you. <laughs> Would maybe Chuck be finishing up the performance by now? I'm going to say at this point, <laughs> uh, probably maybe finishing, but not there. Mm-hmm. Um, make one last perception check. Twelve. With the twelve, there's a balcony on the second floor of this bar that a lot of people have spilled out onto. And you see amongst the throng of faces, just catch a glimpse of him with another, uh, like, with his arm draped around another man is Jason from the Dung Sweepers Guild. The notorious flirt has been watching this. And you just see him sort of laugh, turn to the uh, per- the man that he's with, say something, and the two of them turn and head back into the sleeping snake. Hmm. What did, was I able to see the person he was? Yeah, it seems like it was probably one of the people working at the Sleeping Snake. Uh, You can make a... With with a 12, you would see that uh, it's another gnomish man. I think I said Jason was a gnome. Uh, Yeah, rock gnome. Another gnomish man. uh, Very chiseled. Very, like, clean-shaven. But for, like, a very well-manicured haircut... Um, and is wearing sort of loose fit, a very loose fitting open shirt and loose pants. Jason is sort of in similar clothing. He, you saw him in the Dunk Sweepers Guild, only like he's loosened his tie, taken off his jacket, that sort of thing. Let's see if he's got any hot goss. <clears throat> I think, is Vic still around? Uh, Vic is going back into the bar. I would like to go back up to the bar. You do that. Um, Would it be possible for me to ask you a question? Of course. Anything Um, you'd like. Have you ever noticed a halfling named Harold in... Nice. Sort of looks up and down the bar. I'm uh, not in the business of divulging the private lives of my clients. This is sensible. Roll a persuasion. However, <laughs> roll a persuasion check with advantage. Oh, no. With advantage? Yep. Seven or four. Yeah. Go to seven total? Yeah. Go to seven. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> great. I like you. You've done me a great favor. This... My business only operates if discretion is maintained. 
So what you're saying is giving me this information would be a favor. Mm-hmm. It might be more than a favor. Okay. I can appreciate having guidelines for a business. Only sensible, only sensible. Hey, I won't tell you who comes here frequently, but if you want to spend time here, I'll never kick you out. Hmm. Hmm. Asexual roll out in a brothel. Seems like he's not giving you any yeses or noes, but is also saying, like, hang around and see what you see. Mm-hmm. Where would I have the best view in the house? Depends on the view you want. It's <laughs> a good answer. Is, uh... If you want the best view of the entrance, I reckon that table. And he points to one that's sort of like on a riser. It's a small, like for two people, it's currently, no one's sitting at it. Uh, it's in like a corner that faces the entrance. Um, would it be reasonable to be hanging out like with your cloak hood up in here or no? Uh, no. Most really people who come here have one uh, one thought in mind and uh, to be spending time in a corner by yourself um, might draw some suspicion but like I said I'm not going to throw you out normally I would be upset if somebody were to come here and not spend gold I see not a public service. Um, well, in that case, maybe I will return on another occasion. Aye. Thank you for your help. Thank you. I'm gonna leave. Okay. Please <laughs> <laughs> say to the bartender. Okay, bye. I, I am leaving now. You are welcome to do so at any time. You leave. Where are you going? Um, I figured I'd pop over to the Widow's Walk if I haven't seen Chuck yet. You get to the Widow's Walk uh, just as Chuck is going to the Sleeping Snake and you guys bump into each other in the street. Oh! Are you done with your job? Are you done with your job? Well, I need to tell Agwam I did it, but I think he might be sleeping. Ah, it's not too late yet. Oh, no? No, it's like, uh, I... This is after dark, but it's probably around like 8 o'clock. Oh, could we pop by Agwam's and just be like, Absolutely. Hey, You're not far from there. You go to Agwam's. He uh, has indeed closed up shop for tonight, but welcomes you in. He's like, oh, thank you, Bang Bang. I really appreciate that. Um, you got a minute? Chuck, do you mind? I have met. Chuck. To ponder my existence. You uh, and... are brought into this dojo that has like very tidy paper mat floors, mm-hmm. fine woodwork, exposed beams, cool. that sort we'll of find vibe. Inspiration for a song here. Oh, 
And uh, you, you sit on a sort of floor cushion and watch as, over the next hour, Agwam trains Bang Bang in a special technique. Um, you can add to your features the uh, Moonrise Dance. Whoa. Yes, features. I'm not sure. Sh- I want to see. I might try to add this for you just to see how it, how it goes. Uh, like how to do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna look up Moonrise Dance. And the song should be "Let's Get Down to Business to Defeat the Sense." Yes. <laughs> Let's get down to business to defeat the sense. Did they send the right. enemies when I, I asked added for the Moonrise Dance to your feats? So if you go to your features and traits, you should, and you might have to reload it. Um, it'll tell you what it does. But you see over the next hour, Chuck, um, Aguam instructs Bang Bang in a technique that makes use of one's legs in connection to their inner spirit, their key. Uh, to jump at superhuman capabilities. Um, as a reaction, Bang Bang, you may <laughs> what? You may expend one key point to jump a number of feet equal to five times your proficiency bonus, which at the moment is three, so fifteen feet. Whoa! Without provoking opportunity attacks. Straight up, fifteen feet. Side or up. I didn't specify wow. what direction, so you can jump 15 feet in any direction without provoking opportunity attacks. So you can use this trait only if your speed is greater than zero. So if you're grappled or incapacitated, you won't be able to do this. But if you have freedom of movement, you can use a key point okay. to jump 15 feet. It's going to increase as your proficiency bonus increases. Um, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's especially because you could do that as a reaction, like, like not on your bonus, turn. But... Yeah. So you can, like, if you're attacked, you could just jump 15 feet away. If I want to use key point, yeah. And it's a reaction, so you could also, for example, if you're running into combat and you're out of movement mm-hmm. and you're like 10 feet away, you could use a reaction to close that distance with a jump. Interesting. Damn. Cool. Think about how that. Rooftop chase would have been with that ability where you're like, run, 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 turns over, and then you leap 15 feet after. Yes. And after Aguam teaches this to you, this this is a technique that Aguam has developed himself. And it makes sense when you see his His rabid body, his powerful legs, but you take it up quickly. And at the end of your uh, session, he turns to you and says, I've been waiting for this. And he pulls from his pocket a gray headband, which he extends to you. White belt. Your ah. first rank. Yes. In the Moon Rabbit Dojo. I have never received clothes as a gift. You're a free elf. Um so yeah, you're you now have uh the rank of gray band in Yes. In the Moon Rabbit Dojo. Great fan, great hand. Yes. 
Uh, side note, I found my black belt this weekend in my parents' storage unit. You a black belt? Dang. In what? Karate. Wait, you karate. That's so cool. Did you not know that? I have no idea. Okay, apparently people didn't know this recently. Yeah, please. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I found my actual black belt, which is very exciting. That's gonna be the clothes. Can you wear clothes, actually? <laughs> yeah. I guess you just don't. No, you do. No, I do. You have I, two I, nicks. I wear it. Right. Open, right, right. like you, <laughs> there's no pants. It's just a tunic. It's right. a crop top sweatshirt. Mm. That's what you said to me. No, I said a tunic. I've decided to interpret this sweatshirt. I don't think that this, um... Yeah, okay, never mind. Uh, I just want to make sure that the Moonrise Dance description was correct. Um, Did you add in the key point? Yeah, if you click on it, it'll give you a bigger description that, that says what it is. All right, so following that, we shift attention. You all are outside House Tolly. It is dark. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? So do we want to do this? Uh, do you want to give me your little sneaky, uh, your little spirit button? Absolutely. Can I look for uh, any natural, any natural resources that Freya can hide in that has a good view? Rocks or make a perception check. I was like, I just do time check, it's 5 o'clock. Yeah, and you need to leave right at 5.30. Yes. Okay. I can, yeah, I can also go to I'm hoping to wrap this up in 20 minutes. Is that okay? Yes. Perfect. Seven. Eight. An eight. You don't see any natural features here. This is a city block. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, rivers running through here or trees mm-hmm. naturally growing. No flower beds. No flower beds that you can see. Um, if I were to take my water out of my water skin and pour it on the ground, would it count as a puddle? No. It's not puddles that count. It's natural water sources. All right. So like a lake, a river, puddles specifically don't count. Okay, cool. I read that if a Tringa dies, they either turn into just like a bed of flowers or a puddle. (laughs) Which is really sad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sort of what humans do too, though. Sure. All right. Uh, so what's what's around us? We are near. Um, yeah. So you're outside of a large manor house, uh, not as big as Gralhoon Villa. It's not entirely walled off, but it is a corner. It is on the corner of a block, and it does have a wall surrounding it. So it's sort of abutting a uh, another home. But this this house is like mostly exposed to the corner. There's a wall that goes around it. Uh, unlike the Gralhoon Manor house, which was like a ten foot wall, this one is more like a six foot sort of retaining wall. It's more, it seems like, for privacy. Mm. Um, <clears throat> looking, uh, roll a. Did you roll a perception check already? No. Roll. You can both roll perception checks. Different from what I just did. What did you roll? I rolled an eight. Uh, that was for like specifically looking for oh, something for Freya. Cool. So this is just scoping out the house. So the same exact number eight. Eight and eleven. Uh, yeah, the, the, you don't make out many important details about this house beyond the fact that it is uh, three stories. There, it is it is made of stone and wood. Mm-hmm. Um. 
it appears that all of the windows are closed and that the blinds behind them are closed as well. So you can't see into the house at all. Um, there is a gate that is in the wall itself uh, that lines up to the front door to the house. So there's a gate, there's a walkway that's maybe 20 feet long, and then a stairway rises up to the entrance to the house. We've heard that they might go on walks at a certain time. They go on an evening walk around sunset. It is past sunset now. Gotcha. So there's a chance that they're out. You did you you arrived here at night, so you're not sure. There's a chance that they're out. There is a chance that they are in. So we can't tell. We don't know from our perception checks. From your perception checks, you haven't seen them. All right. What we do? Are you trying to be stealthy? Trying to be stealthy. I think. Both yes. Also, roll stealth checks. Keep her in her pocket dimension until I need her. Okay. Feel safe. <laughs> just All right. Um, so you both are scoping out this house from like an alley across the street, staying in, staying in a shadow, a pocket of shadow. Um, the street at this point of night is uh, not. There's still people walking, but it's past like rush hour. Mm-hmm. Most people have gone back home at this point. It's kind of like dinner hour. Uh, for most people, and yeah, you're you, you see this house. It's hard to say whether or not they're home or not. Uh, there's one obvious point of entry, which is the front door, and um, the gate's not closed. We could approach the, the gate door. is closed. There again, it's like a six foot wall, mm. and uh, the gate is like a swinging iron, like it's iron bars. Yeah. You might be able to slip through. It seems like it's more ornamental than defensive, mm-hmm. or like to keep people out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not sure if it's locked or not. And our goal is to get dirt on these guys. Goal is to get dirt. The goal is to follow them on their midnight walk because mm-hmm. the information said they go on an evening walk and then occasionally visit another house, the house of um, Moonstar. You can come in here. Hi. Hello. 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 I have a plan. Hold on. Let's hear it. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check if they're home. I'm gonna disguise self as another young witch child. Oh God. And go knock on their door, asking for handouts. Perfect. I love it. Do it. We'll see where this goes. You uh, disguise yourself as a young child. And you approach this gate, and as you reach up to turn the handle, you find that it is locked. Sheesh. Can I slip through? Make a make a acrobatics check. Not athletic. Go for cat ribs. Me. That's uh, a twelve. A twelve. Your child form could, but this is only an illusion, mm-hmm. and the rumble behind it. Can't quite slip through. Alright, well, it's only a six foot. 
fence, right? Yeah. I'm gonna jump it. I'm just gonna. All right, you can make an athletics check to do that. Okay. That rumble's got too much thunder. It's not. <laughs> Natty, 20. All right, I'm still working on your off of your 13 stealth check. Okay. Oh boy. Hmm. You vault this. You see this image of a child. Just like look left, look right, grab the bars, and just like do a front flip over this <laughs> over this gate, and just like land on the other side of it. Wait for me, You're on the other side of this wall. Cool. I'm going to knock on the door. You do that. There's a pause. Put your ear to the door. Roll a perception check. Eight. You don't hear anything on the other side of the door. Hmm. They might not be home. They might not have heard you. They might not be answering. Can I, can I, are there any like windows I can just like... The windows, uh, you can look through one, but like I said, the blinds are closed. I could uh, cause a disturbance. You could break a window. <laughs> Just throw a quick fireball to a close by bush. See if they respond to the noise. You could, we could do that. You could break a window. <laughs> Try lighting a bush on fire. Uh, you're, you're at this point still on the other side of the fence. You're watching from this alley. I am six feet tall. Uh, it's true. You're like kind of like. At the same height as this wall. Um, do you want to wait or do you want to try to join? Um, should I try breaking in? I feel like. We should Are you shouting this to Yuri? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're at this point. There's like you're probably fifty feet away from each other. Fifty feet away. Um, yeah, because you've vaulted the wall and gone up to the door, which is about twenty feet away from the the gate. And it's dark. It's dark out. There are some like there are some lamps, some street lamps. Um, and like I said, there are still people walking up and down the street. You don't get the sense that any of them saw you vault this fence. You chose a moment where it didn't seem like anyone was coming by. I, uh, I think we should try to sneak in. I mean, okay, I can't talk to you, I guess. Um, You're by yourself. You can, either, you can try to gesture. You know exactly where he is. You can try to encourage him. You can try to unlock the door from the inside if you want. Yeah, I, I point to myself and I point to the door and I just make like a little like <laughs> gesture. Do you want to join or do you okay, want to I'll join him? All right. You can actually open up this gate from the inside. There is an easy mechanism to turn the lock. You open it. You and Yuri are in. Okay. Right. Um, are you leaving the store open or are you going to close it? Right. Let's close it behind us. You do that. Worst case scenario, the front door. I'm going to grab you by a scruff and say I found you lurking around this house. All right? Okay. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. They did not see you at the house. You don't know if they know you're in the house. It seems like they were casing the place beforehand, so they don't know if you're... You aren't sure. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. You aren't sure whether or not the Tallies know you or not. Let's but you are still in the form of a child. Could mm-hmm. be a totally different Australian wizard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're outside the front door to the house. Uh, it is locked. I'm gonna pick that lock. I'm gonna pick that lock. Roll with you, switch check. Pick that lock. Rumble on the surface. Nice. So it's my. It's going to be dexterity modifier. It's yeah. It's your dexterity and your proficiency 
plus the roll. Right, so it's 6 plus 17. With the 24. With the 24, you took some time last night to sharpen up your pinky claw, <laughs> and you stick it in and... And very quickly, you nice. got this door open, and it just... All right. Well, cool. I look around. Uh, okay, Walking you? into the foyer of this house, it is dark. It's dark. No lights on. Okay. Do either of you... What's your dark vision That's situation? Dark vision. Okay, so you both can see as though there's dim light, but there are no light sources on in here. Um, the house is in a state of disarray. All of the blinds are closed, like I said, and it seems as though people have been living here and just not picking up after themselves. There's like the furniture is sort of disheveled. There's like dishes piled up on the ground in various places. It seems like uh, no one's been cleaning up after these people. Um, And the, the house itself is like coated in a thin layer of dust. There's a stairwell straight ahead of you that goes up and a hall that continues straight down ahead of you. Doorways on either side of you that are open into, like, one of them is a sitting area, one of them seems to be like a library. Can we just look for any um, sign of Poison, or some kind of... Poison, I want to look for that, if, if I see that symbol, the purple circle on All right. black. Um, I want you both to roll investigation checks, and I want one of you to decide whether you're going to go upstairs, and one of you to decide whether you're going downstairs. I think Yuri's looking for any kind of, like, kitchen, or okay. places that they'd store, like, herbs and poisons, or... I'll take the upstairs. Okay. Herbs um, and roll, roll an investigation check, both of you. Yeah, one thing I know about alchemy, it's used to dirty one. Store the food. A dirty one. Yeah. Too much. Wow. Um, you, uh, you go upstairs, Rumble, and uh, you kind of like just like open a door, shake your head, and don't see people leave. Open a door, shake your head, and don't see people leave. And uh, you do that for every room upstairs. Fantastic. There's no people upstairs. Okay. Great. What did you roll? Got 12 in total. With a 12, you do find the kitchen. You find that it is uh, in a a horrible state, a mess. Like, there are pots and pans on the stove that it seems that are, like, just holding food that is, like, buzzing with flies, totally fetid. Um, There's a pantry that has food that has been left to spoil in it. Um, at this point, on like one large sort of preparation table, there is a crate that just has like meager rations that it seems like people have been pulling from. It's like half full, and it just contains like shelf stable jerkies, crackers, and biscuits, that sort of thing. Um, but you don't find any poison. You do find a locked door. That's what we need. Um, we're not close to each other, are we? No, but Rumble comes down after a moment, and you didn't see anything upstairs. Just help people. Uh, you want to help me out with the store here? Oh, my specialty. Oh, it's a locked door. I'm going to have you roll another Thieves Tools check. Another Thieves Tools check. Nice. 19 plus 6. Uh, I'm going to tell you this because, uh, it's a fun detail for you to have. 
you know, as you start to pick this lock, it was much harder mm. than the lock to the front door. Mm. This lock had been installed after the fact. In fact, mm -hmm. it's compared to most of the things that you've seen in this house, it mm -hmm. seems kind of like fresh. Aftermarket, aftermarket locks. Um, but spending a little bit more time, you manage to work your pinky claw through all the tumblers mm -hmm. and the lock gives way and the door opens. Let's get ready. You are met by the unmistakable scent of death. Oh no. Shit. As this door swings open, revealing a staircase down Wait. into a basement. I don't like the smell of this. What do we do from here? Uh, we can't stop here, right? Carry on. Let's... Like yeah, it smells like, it smells like carrion. That's what he said. Oh, shit. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's do this. You descend. Um, can I cast mage armor? Yeah. You cast mage armor on yourself. You go down the stairs, and you are confronted with several things. First of all, there is an altar of some kind. A three-foot-tall figurine of a female figure whose eyes have been covered. Arms crossed over her chest, each hand holding a dagger. And an unnerving smile playing across the lower half of her face. Before which is the corpse of a woman. Arranged around this corpse are several wilted violets. There is also, in one corner of the room, an alchemical table, on which is an alembic, beakers, and several other alchemical supplies. You see two stoppered vials positioned prominently on the desk with clear liquid inside. Um, is there any empty beakers around? On the on the desk, there are some empty beakers. Can I pour some of that liquid into a beaker? And I mean, they're in stopper vials. Oh, okay. I'm taking some of that so we can identify it and match it with. Yeah, there's there. two. Do you want to take both of them? One of them? One of them. You take one of the vials. Vials. Um... There's flies buzzing around this corpse. It seems that it's been here for a Just while. Like, yeah. like you can make a check if you want to determine yeah, more. Well, make a survival check. Yeah. Okay. You're not sure exactly how long it's been here, but definitely more than a, like a, a couple of days. Mm -hmm. And um, flies. as you are sort of stooping down, looking at this body, as you are taking the vial of clear liquid off the desk, you hear upstairs, through the door, the sound of the front door closing as somebody has arrived back home. You have left the door down here open. Shit, shit, shit. Shit, shit, shit. And that is where... You're going to. Oh, no! Oh, no! God! My last, last minute arcana check to see if uh, what I understand the ritual that's being done on this corpse. 
make an arcana check. Thank you. 18. This does not seem arcane in nature. It's very, it is certainly ritualistic. Yeah. But you don't recognize the iconography, the positioning of the corpse seems to you maybe haphazard, but there does seem to be something intentional about it. The figurine is certainly not of arcane nature. You get the sense that this is religious. Shit, shit, shit. Mm. And we're stuck in their weird, creepy religious objects. Oh, yeah. like, it's not the land Good thing I can teleport. I don't know about you. <laughs> 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 I just like pose the lamp in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm a little kid. Hello, sirs. <laughs> yes, you are in boy. this basement, which before you arrived here was locked. The door is open. <laughs> when we return next week, there is going to be a small window in which you can try to either get out of here, close the door to make it seem like you never made it down in here, or something. So start thinking now about what you want to do when we pick up next week. Because I'm going to pick up with you two in this basement. Uh, okay. Next week Boy. on the Hooting Newt. <laughs>